Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex, and landed episode number 134. And I think Cybermen came about as Joan Rivers. It all starts with a few hip replacements and breast implants. Vanity's a killer. <laughs> I'm Keith. The unit formerly known as Sean has been upgraded. I am 62951. And I'm Glenn. <laughs> Hello, 62591. Hello. 919. I don't know. <laughs> we we'll lose count. We'll call him 6 for short. 6. Old sixty. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> How are you guys? Good, good, good. Recording a little late this we week. We are a little late. My bad. Sorry, everybody. Our apologies. Well, you had a lot of stuff. It was no. We normally record. I Sunday like your nights, comments so. of it makes us look lazy <laughs> because it really does. It just it got it was late uh, late Saturday night, and you know I knew we had a full day of stuff Sunday, and I had to work and everything, and I still had. A final and a six-page paper to write on top of the fact that I hadn't listened to the audio yet because of all the homework. And it was just like, I'm going to vote we record late this week. <laughs> so that was my week. I, I did um, a lot of studying for a final. I probably flunked. Um, I did a lot of writing on this seven-page, six-page paper, which I did get turned in. And now I still have internship editing to complete. And then I'm done. So, Yay! <laughs> How long is winter break? Not long enough. <laughs> uh, was it January 14th? I think we go back. Well, you get nearly a month. Yeah. Almost a month. Yeah. yeah. That'll so be pretty nice. Good. Working and Christmas. Maybe we can, or, or we could uh, make up for it and record two days early sometime during that <laughs> stint. <laughs> sure. I'll Here's a that. treat. <laughs> Let's record tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing anything. No. no nothing. <laughs> Nothing going on. So, my bad. Sorry to everybody. Uh, my week was relatively uneventful, except for the last two days at work. Keith's gone. <laughs> we got all the breaking news. But um, I think the only... No correlation. Yeah. The only eventful thing we did this week was uh, we went to Disney on Ice. So Disney did on your kids ice. like it? They did. Absolutely. Love it. Now, Karen, Karen, Caitlin, and I had seen this particular show. Two years oh. ago, so it's the same it, show. It the same show, but it was just as it was just as fun and fantastic as it was before. And, and it's you know I watch movies several times, so seeing it, <laughs> an ice show two two years or with you know, separated by a year, yeah. Um, but it's it's really good. It, they do. Did a you guys go last year? Uh, no, they wasn't in town last oh, year. It was not? two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's when we went. So, um, hmm. and then they're doing. I guess they've got Disney Live that comes in February. So I'm hoping that, oh, that we get some comp tickets too? to work for that. Yeah, mm. um, but we enjoyed that, and then uh, really kind of a lazy weekend. We didn't do much, and then uh, today was Caitlin's first band concert. They did a really Ooh. nice job for fifth graders. So, and what instruments she playing? She plays clarinet. Ah, that's what her dad played. That's what I played. Is it right? For one year, I didn't play the clarinet. Sean played the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> I played trumpet. Ah. 
I played actually played clarinet for most of my band career. I was a cool band geek. And then I uh, we played, should do a jam session. <laughs> I played tuba. I played tuba for half a semester. I played fourth grade. That was it. And then snare drum fifth grade. I played guitar in high school. <laughs> I tried bass and quite go anywhere. I watched Scott Pilgrim this week for my paper, and I'm totally ready to learn bass now. <laughs> That's sad. Watching the bass battles, like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> I play harmonica. I really do. I play spoons. Spoons. I play Monopoly. I play kazoo. <laughs> I play PlayStation. <laughs> I play dead. <laughs> Sean wins. <laughs> You know, Scott Pilgrim is one of the few things in this world that makes being a bass player cool. <laughs> I don't know. I would think Paul McCartney would be one of the few things in this world that would make being a bass player that's, cool. That's the coolest thing. That, yeah, it's the second. That's the, Scott no. Pilgrim is two. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I thought Paul you were going to rank that backwards and I was going <laughs> to no. come over this table. No, no, no. <laughs> My dad went and saw... Um, Rain. You just went and saw a concert tonight. You oh, yeah, we went, uh, we went to... Um, well, what well, reminded me is that you said your dad, and I saw the picture of you and your dad. Let me tell this story first. Was that your dad's first by the way? Cause I took it, well, so I know, does that still count? I mean, but yeah, still yeah, as far as I know. Because he, he looked it looked like it. it. just He had the air of, this is the first time I've taken a selfie. <laughs> well, since you brought that up, Very let me tell the story first. Then. So um, my dad invited me to go see Mannheim Steamroller tonight. So I got off where I switched schedules and went off because my dad doesn't invite me to anything. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> It's like, so what, Pat couldn't go? No, she's busy. Okay, I'll go. Oh. <laughs> let, me, let me rewrite my schedule. Um, so we went, and um, I, you know, sitting there in the dark, and I took, turned around, we leaned in and took this picture. And then I tweeted it out. I said, waiting here, you know, crammed in like screens. Oh, man, it was packed, and we were... The seats at TPAC are not comfortable. Oh, I was wow. noticing that te- the seats at Expo are really small, too. They are tiny, narrow seats, and when you start to squeeze a bunch of people who have maybe partaken of too much Thanksgiving and Christmas turkey into one of those rows, you know, it's like airline seating, trying to squeeze everybody out. So I'm sending this tweet before the show starts, and I said, hey, we're you know, crammed in like sardines waiting for Mannheim Steamroller. Mannheim Steamroller tweeted me back. Oh. They were like, hey, yeah, it looks great. Hope you enjoy the show. And of course, part of me is thinking, shouldn't you be on stage? <laughs> get, off, get off Twitter. <laughs> Entertain me. They have to do their last their last minute tweets before they hit the stage. I wonder. I wonder who handles the Mannheim Steamroller account. I'm really kind of. I'm sure it's not Chip Davis, but I'm kind of curious to see. You know, who would it be? Just pretend it's Chip Davis. I'm going to pretend it's Chip Davis. Makes hey, Chip Davis, because he wasn't there. So you know. Oh well. <laughs> he doesn't have to tour anymore. He sends minions out to yeah. perform. But we got a nice little video introduction from him. Um, but it was a good show. It's actually I. You've heard me complain. It's retail. Blah 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 blah. blah. I thought about it going to the thing, and I was like, so I'm going to go sit at TPAC. And then I got to those little seats, and I was like, here I am at TPAC in these tiny little seats, and I'm going to listen to Christmas music. More. What did you do? After eight did you tweeted out something earlier in the week, or last week. I got my village up, and it's yeah, beginning to look I a lot like Christmas those, at Washburn, because they got the lights up there, and you, were, you jumped all over that. That oh, was the one. Yeah, that was the one. You t- yeah, that's the one it was. Yeah. Do you know why? You're a poser. Because I You're wasn't not really a Grinch. <laughs> I'm just a grinch at work. I think I commented. Was it? I commented on something you did too. I called you Ebenezer. Maybe it was you. I think that was just that in was person. Just, me. Was just, oh. <laughs> just in person. Well, yeah, I did call you Ebenezer <laughs> and him the Grinch last or two weeks ago. But um, so yeah, it's just it's just it's just work stuff. But um, it it did put me more 
in the mood. Now, the the, <clears throat> the, the Mannheim Steamroller? The Mannheim Steamroller, okay. yeah. And now, just, well, we're only three weeks out now, or less than three weeks out now. So. J- just a note to the traveling Mannheim Steamroller. from Black Friday. Right. You guys need to work on your playlist selection a little bit. Because the first half of your show was all of the soft, sweet, <laughs> melodic, and it was hot, and it was crammed in there with <laughs> 10,000 people. And, and Sean was, I was falling asleep. And I, I like, I like Mannheim. I'm, I'm one of those guys, I genuinely like Mannheim Steamroller, and I like the music. And they were, I was like, okay, wake up, applaud, yay. What's the next song? Na, 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 na. It's like, you are killing me, Smalls. The second half was all of the big, you know, mm-hmm. pump you up orchestral light show stuff. So that was kind of cool. But you guys need to mix that up just a little bit. Um, but we had a good time. Well, the a high note. My dad mentioned that he went and saw Rain when they came through at, uh, at, at T-Pac. Watch Rain. Rain is apparently a Beatles tribute band. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. I did, too. I didn't know they were here until I, I, I happened to be I, driving past T-Pac and saw the sign the I day of. I intended to go, and I... Yeah, it just escaped me. He said they were phenomenal. He said they dressed like the Beatles, they looked like the Beatles, they played like the Beatles, and they sounded like the Beatles. Wow. He said it was amazing. And he said the guy that does Paul played bass left-handed. And then when he came out to do yesterday, played guitar right. So he's <laughs> apparently ambidextrous, which is just cool in and of itself. You know, yeah. you can do that. But dedication to it. I've heard that it's... it's, it's Beatlemania, which was the first touring show. I heard Not the Beatles, but an incredible simulation. I heard it was Beatlemania, like, <laughs> to a much, much higher level. That they, they just, I've heard Rain's really, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's like, you went, I was like, oh, I wanted to go to that one. Pat <laughs> could go to that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack there. but I think I was done. I was going to ask Keith what he did. What he's currently doing, because I haven't seen him for two days. uh, Well, I haven't seen him for four days, I guess. Five-day weekend. Before that, we got the tree decorated. (laughs) And I... And I said it before. I'll say it again on mic. It looks nice. Thank you very much. That's a very pretty tree. Thank you. It's kind of big. It is a little big. (laughs) Uh, I'll repeat this on mic this time. (laughs) We can't fit all the presents underneath it, and we're not quite done shopping. Buy smaller presents. Might have to. We should have trimmed the bottom... Like Glenn mentioned, but oh well. I'm sorry, honey. I know you wanted a new car. Here's a pair of earrings. <laughs> That's why I had room for under the tree. That <laughs> should totally dictate your gift box. <laughs> you, should, you should measure under the well, tree and then carry your, your, your ruler I, out I can to the say store. this because I know my dad won't listen. Is we got my dad a shotgun case. How do you wrap that? <laughs> so that it doesn't look like a shotgun case? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's not a hard one, it's a soft one. So we were able to fold it in half and put it in a giant box. Well, that'll be a surprise. Yeah. So, uh, watched Nightmare Before Christmas, getting the Christmas spirits. Uh, as I mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, Sarah was kind of humbuggish <laughs> about Christmas. And we watched Muppet Christmas Carol, and that got her into the Christmas spirit. Yay. Yeah. Much more so than Nightmare Before Christmas would. <laughs> yeah, for her probably. Not for me, though. Uh, other than that, been running around Christmas shopping. <gasps> That's pretty much what we've been doing with the Manhattan today to do some of it. Oh, cool. So, maybe go to Rootry. Lawrence on Saturday to be more. That's pretty much pretty much the extent of it. Had uh, the Clontar Christmas party. I saw pictures of that. That was fun. Made a good time. Fun. What were you so excited about? 
I'll wait for news. Okay. Well, let's move right. into news. Let's then. move into okay, news. Okay, I'm going to really this now. Sean gets to go first. It's, it's been nicely relaxed. Wait. And <laughs> <laughs> we take him back to work. Oh, uh, yeah. I've been saving it up for you. Uh, I just happened to see this on io9, so it's coming from a relatively reliable source. Uh, there is apparently a new cybernetic implant that repairs brain damage. And of course, since that's what we're dealing with tonight, we're like, oh, this is perfect. Um, there's no effective way to treat and improve function for someone who suffers a traumatic brain injury, which 1.5 million Americans do, and 800,000 stroke victims. But a team of scientists from a Case Western Reserve University and the University of Kansas Medical Center hey. have devised a solution that appears to work in rats. It's an implantable prosthesis called a brain-machine-brain interface that serves as a closed-loop microelectronic system. They lost me there for a little bit. <laughs> and it basically records signals from one part of your brain, processes them in real time, and then linking the injury by stimulating a second part of the brain that has lost connectivity, and it bridges the gap, which facilitates repair. It's like, that's way cool. I only have one thing to say to that. What? It begins. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's a little too excited. I'm yeah. <laughs> this is, I don't know if this is a good thing. I've already upgraded, so. <laughs> I'm sorry, Keith. For, this is our fourth Cyberman archive tonight, and the first one where they were legitimately cool. <laughs> hey, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. And let's be honest, they didn't acquit themselves very well in the in the video episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I, anyway, I'm sorry. I thought, no, that, was, right. I thought that was really, really cool. Neat. University of Kansas. So when the uh, robot apocalypse happens... Started here. <laughs> Weren't we to blame for something else? <laughs> Didn't we do that joke on a show previous? Yeah, what was that? I don't remember now. Higgs Bison? Oh, Higgs Bison, yeah. We're just at the we, center of all this cool stuff. Huh. We discussed that first, but we didn't blame Kansas for it. No, no, but... Are you, are you saying, just we saying that Kansas? We, we blamed we, Kansas that, oh, we did. that something oh, was going oh. to start here. but Well, it wasn't at that episode of... Uh, that fifth Doctor audio that when he landed in Kansas and he actually bumped into Daleks landed in Wheatfield. Is it Dalek story? Maybe that was it. Oh yeah. Uh, I vaguely During the Dalek that. invasion. Yeah. That seems right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> What's next on this? <laughs> uh, they are making a five-inch action figure of John Hurt, not the <gasps> three point three and three quarters, which is even more exciting. That is even more exciting. <laughs> uh, coming with. Comes with a sonic screwdriver, a moment, or the moment. A moment. <laughs> Comes with a moment. Comes with a moment. And oddly, an Eighth Doctor alternative head. Yeah, which he's never in that outfit as the Eighth Doctor, but... It's kind of weird. Whatever. Give me a Knight and the Doctor, Eighth Doctor yeah. action figure. Yeah. That's what I want. With that outfit. Yeah. And a detachable... Young no, John, John Hurt. Hurt. Yeah, that's how it needed to be done. Just go they find an old they alien. They, they, they did that backwards. <laughs> they should have done the, the eight and a half Doctor with the um, replaceable Eccleson uh, head. head. Yeah, and then uh, McGann Knight of the Doctor figure with a replaceable John Hurt head. So, of course, if you could pop the John Hurt head off of that action figure, to use eight and a half Doctor now. <laughs> I'm still going with War Doctor. So, okay, just so doctor. we're all clear. <laughs> we all know. You can use whatever you want, but I just wanted to make sure that. That was your... Nine-ish. Nine-ish. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
there's the War Doctor. I'm still mad. Doctor. I'm still mad. Shaka Doctor didn't show up. I'm just, I was so <laughs> set that he was going to fix that, and it, we were going to see it on the big screen. That Richard E. Grant was going to be there. We'd all be like, "Yay!" And we'd have been the only three people in the room that knew what was going on. Because <laughs> the rest of the the the, the, the David Tennant fangirls would be like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> but oh well. All right. Well, I think I think they need to make sure they do a five inch. 12th Doctor action figure too because then you would with this then all of the Doctors will be available in a 5 inch form you know even if I, it's not the most I common I have heard they're going to do a, along with this they're doing it they, they the Peter to. Capaldi Doctor uh, it's just his eyes <laughs> it won't be 500 inches though <laughs> No, it'll be it'll be but in the, scale with the rest of when the when the rest of him comes out next year. You can just pop. You just right put on. the you put the eyes on. You already have the eyes. A cup of Capaldi potato head. <laughs> just just this piece to start with. Uh, what's next? <laughs> this is what happens when we record late. Hey, we the get problem silly. is I injured my back, so I own muscle relaxers, and so I have no energy. So that's my excuse. That's okay. Keith and I will carry the show for I, you. I might, uh, I might be asleep by the end of the show. Just If we are over here, is stop. Just come over here and push the button. Okay. I think I've got a stick I can poke you with. <laughs> you know, I, I figure if I fell asleep on accident, I'd wake up at 4 in the morning. You guys would still be recording. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we didn't go three hours. We learned that lesson. <laughs> That's right. You can't do three, three hours. You wake up, we'd be like, so anyway... We went and did this, and it was awesome. Should hey, we, we should probably talk some Doctor Who tonight, huh? Should we talk about Series 8, since we're already talking about Peter Capaldi? Yes. We'll, we'll not be split. It's all one chunk. One chunk. Starting in autumn 2014, at least 13 episodes. Which is kind of a lie, because the Christmas special won't be part of it, so they're already breaking it in half anyway. So everybody's right. Oh, you mean the, the one? That, yes, the, well. the episode number thirteen no. will, be the, will be the Christmas special, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I'm making all fandom happy. Everybody wins. <laughs> you know why? I also just just once. Everyone just wins. once. Everybody wins. <laughs> you know why? I also stand by the idea that he will get his own box set. Five does not include a Christmas special. Oh, I know five. he'll. I know he'll get his own box set. But that's why the Christmas Matt's Christmas special won't. I mean, be season included. five doesn't have Christmas. Season special. five does not have a Christmas special. Oh, that's right, because they put it at the front of Cause, season, cause season six. Season, yeah. So that's right. Proof. Not proof, but establishment. <laughs> I don't know. We'll just wait and see. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, some exciting news from uh, here, close at home. About Ooh, us, yeah. Um, you, you may remember a while back, I was uh, doing some some uh, radio work through Washburn and the Airbods Radio Air, 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 Network, Air, Air, Air. and uh, they have reformatted a bunch of stuff. But um, they've uh, contacted us and would like to rerun us, and we said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so, if you haven't gotten your fill of listening to us. You can now listen to us on Washburn Radio, because they'll be starting with episode one, which is a Christmas special, so it's kind of appropriate that it's happening at this time of year, <laughs> and uh, rolling forward from there. So all you Washburn students out there, woo! <laughs> Go Bods! Well, anybody can get to it. Yeah, anybody can get to it. Well, so, I mean, anybody well, can get to it as, for a, as, as, too, a, as but, a broadcast, yeah. though, but the, right? But yeah, that's just it. Is it'll be streaming audio as opposed to a download. Yes. Yeah, And so, so. That, that'll be cool for anybody that you know wants to tune in doesn't want to wants to go back and listen to us but don't necessarily want to you know download our episode and, and 
You don't know how long winded we eat up right? their, their I warned storage you. Okay. space. Hey, they're looking to fill time. So they we, do know we that really, we have some three and a half hour episodes. Yeah, they're looking to fill time, so we really fit the bill there. <laughs> Maybe the overnight hours, but hey. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> all, everyone's got to start somewhere. <laughs> and then last but not least, I brought some news this week. Hulu Plus has added a plethora of classic Doctor Who. They started dropping sometime last week, slowly, and then uh, they're up to three. What did you say? Three hundred and oh, I three hundred five. I think is what you said. Anyway, so, like three hundred plus nine, episodes. Three hundred nine. You might be right. Oh, half hour. Three hundred plus yeah. episodes. Individual not episodes. That's yeah. right. Uh, My brain was episodes. trying to wrap itself around the math on that. So but. everything's up there that was previously available on Netflix and Amazon Prime. They've added more to that that are not available on the other two platforms. So that's exciting. Three hundred nine. Uh, but you do. We did find out tonight. You do have to have a Hulu Plus account. That's the eight dollars a month it account. Really tempting to Hulu. sign up for Hulu Plus. Yeah, that's that. That might be my tipping point. The nice thing about it is you don't have to worry about DVRs. It's true. I watch day after stuff too. That's how I catch up on all my shows, with the exception of a couple that because CBS isn't on there. But it's worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Definitely is looking more like it. And so. James Corden's on a new Hulu original show. Yeah. Uh, Which I haven't seen anything about, but it's James Corden, so it makes me want to give it a shot. Something men's. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it looks good. Looks good. Does it? I'm assuming you get ads. Well, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a ton of, uh, I don't know why I can't remember what the name give, of the Give me a second and I'll scroll down. Is. It's something men's it. or. Well, it was on the front page last time. Now it's not there. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the wrong mans. Mans, yeah. The wrong, wrong mans. mans. I think they spelled that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, pretty much it for news. So next up is... What? Oh, yes. I thought you were pointing at the thing. No, I was pointing at the, uh, the goodies. Brenda... Brenda. Sent us some goodies. Yay, goodies. Yay. Thank nope. you, Brenda. Chocolate advent calendars. Super awesome. And they're Doctor Who. They're not just any advent calendars. They are Doctor Who advent calendars. So we'll, we'll have to figure out how we're going to split these up. But Curious we seven. haven't opened any yet. We haven't opened them yet. Let's open them. So we'll at least open them and go through oh, 11 gosh. pieces of chocolate. So It's not in order. Oh, it's not in order. So here's one. Can I have some unwrapping music? We should leave one. We should leave one in box. I'm sure after 20 years, that you know won't smell bad. I, I had a wonderful gentleman come into the store this week and attempt to sell some Star Trek merchandise. He had boxes and boxes and boxes of it. So we, we kind of went through and started looking. At the bottom of one of the boxes was a mason jar oh. that was vacuum sealed that still had first contact chocolate bars in it. Ah. You didn't buy that, did you? No. <laughs> Funny thing is, I had a set of those already. Um, I'd ate the chocolate out of but I still have the wrappers. <laughs> well, the wrapper's okay to keep. I'm not sure you should keep anything. Like <gasps> Special Weapons Dalek is on the advent calendar! <laughs> this is the best thing ever! I take it back. It's the second best thing ever, because it's released by a company called Bon Bon Buddies. That's suddenly <laughs> the best thing ever. <laughs> On the back, it asks if you can name all 11 doctors. <laughs> no, because they keep changing the number. Yeah. Here's the answers. <laughs> what? Doctor, 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 doctor. I'm sorry. One it of them is the professor. Actors. It didn't say actor. 
One of them is Professor. Cool stuff. So we're still opening our chocolate. Yeah. Oh. I took one. One. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> Looks like it's shaped like a Cyberman. Two is up here. You Two is so? up here where I would have expected one to be. I think it looks like something else. The door's open backwards, too. Oh, it's British. <laughs> well, I mean, you know... When Their you... doors don't open backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's British. Just, you know, as, I haven't counted. They're still normally designed this way, aren't they? If they would go left to, you know... I don't know. I, would just I don't know. I haven't, had an, I haven't counted in a very long time. Number three. Chocolate. It's good chocolate. Where is number three? Hmm. That's good chocolate. Three, 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 three. There's three. Bam. It's a... It looks like a star. Star. It's that one from that Christmas episode. That threatened Earth. Runaway Brian? Yeah, that one. Hmm. One of the uh, Rachnos. Oh, gross. There's a spider in the middle of it. The Rachnos ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm kidding. Hmm. Okay. We'll keep passing this around. I'm, I'm we gotta, only at one, and I'm already chuckling it out. It we gotta get up to eleven. Where are we at? I guess I could just take it times three, right? Four. So you're five. There it is. This is a riveting radio. It yeah. is riveting radio. Well, let's let's move on. We don't have anything else. I'm not sure what some of these are supposed to be. Is a teapot? Maybe. I don't know if they're supposed to be shapes or just. Well, they're supposed to be shapes. Thank you, Brenda. It was very yes. sweet of you. Thank you, Brenda. There's nothing on the back of the doors, is there? Like little tidbits? I thought maybe there would be, but there is not. Okay. Just chocolate. It's just chocolate. And I am not going to complain. It's pretty cool. Absolutely not. My Bon Bon buddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, feedback. First up is Holly. She writes, 10th Planet and Spare Parts. Hey guys, great last podcast. Rachel loved your side trip about your experience as a Chicago TARDIS. Mm, yeah. Glad you had such a great time. Like the pictures and video clips that you shared as well. On to the reviews. <clears throat> Tenth Planet. For the first appearance ever of the Cybermen, this was a great story. Very interesting to see how they first started out and knowing now where they headed. The use of lights as weapons to begin with was chilling. Ben trying to be a BDH, big damn hero, to go in <laughs> and save the day to allow the Doctor and Polly to escape was brave. Not the most most well thought out plan. I'm glad the doctor stopped him, even though Ben's intentions were good. I almost get the feeling that the doctor has run into the Cybermen or heard of rumblings before this story took place. The ending to this one, with the doctor regenerating for the first time, had me tearing up. Maybe because maybe it's because of the. Adventures in time and space docudrama that made it more emotional, but it's still a powerful scene with Ben and Polly not really even knowing what's going on, but realizing the Doctor's just in a spot of trouble. Spare parts. Very good audio. At the start, when Nissa and the Doctor land, I could tell the Doctor had a pretty good idea where they were and didn't want to say a word to Nissa. I mentioned to, of the Cybermats without actually calling them that. Che- uh... Cheezers is quite the name for them. We get a mention of Adric and his sacrifice and how the Doctor and Nissa really haven't had time to properly mourn for him. Nissa's interactions with the Hartleys were good and moved the story along as well. Interesting that the Gold Leaf had no effect on the Cybermen that weren't completely processed. 
was surprised that the Doctor was used as a template to make these brand of Cybermen. We get that you can change history or that you can... Uh, or can you conversation between Nissa and the Doctor. The Professor is quickly learning that her children are not listening <coughs> to a word she says. The story ends with a bit of a cliffhanger. I'll wrap that up here. Looking forward to everyone, hearing everyone's thoughts on these two Cybermen stories. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And uh, you remind me of something I meant to mention earlier. Uh, a huge thank you goes out to Rachel because yes. uh, she did a side trip episode <coughs> for us where she talked about her Chicago TARDIS trip, and it was a lot of fun to listen to and very enjoyable. And hopefully you all went and listened to it. Yeah. Now that Chrissy's done one and Rachel's done one, I'm, I'm starting to see a uh, maybe a, a Verity-type spin-off. Oh, I can see it. Doctor Don't give them any ideas. They won't listen to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Our thousands of listeners will suddenly dwindle to like two. <laughs> Speaking of Chrissy, she's next with feedback. Chrissy writes, Hello from the frozen tundra. Dear Vortex boys, let me tell you a little story. There once was a nice little librarian who loved Doctor Who. She had a pretty good life. She loved her job. She did things with her roommates and her family and she took care of things around the house. But then she listened to her favorite podcast, and her three favorite podcasters started talking about a new Doctor Who game for the iPhone (laughs) called Doctor Who Legacy. Intrigued, she downloaded it and started playing. And while the podcaster said it was just Doctor Who meets Bejeweled, this nice little librarian was instantly hooked and hasn't done much else, and all the free time she had once is now gone. (laughs) So thanks, you guys, for ruining my life. (laughs) Glenn will be pleased to know I finally unlocked Strax, so now I have all of Team Master <laughs> in my lineup. <coughs> she asked me on Friday Night Who how to unlock Strax or get him to drop Strax if there was some sort of strategy to it. And I told her I didn't know because I couldn't get him to drop either. So, you play, but I you got play, it. and you play. Yeah, you play, I got it the play. next morning after we had talked about it on, Fred, on Twitter. So I haven't seen a, a certain method to any of the madness. No, I haven't Though I have to say, after all the terrible snowstorms I've had to deal with this week, it was nice to have something to take my mind off the snow and cold. Because the two stories you're reviewing certainly didn't do that. (laughs) It's true that we're both snowy, cold episodes. (laughs) Okay, so I I have to side trip here for a minute. Uh, So yeah, I I kind of downloaded it, and my initial impression was, meh, and I know Glenn was all, oh man, it kind of sucks, and I hope I don't get bored of it. And I started playing, and Chrissy, I'm in the same boat. I can't stop playing. <laughs> and apparently I've already passed Glenn and Keith on levels, and I've got yeah. more characters. And I just got River to drop, so I'm really excited. And, um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I can't stop playing it. It's kind of addictive. Yeah, I'm pretty hooked myself, did you, did you, even did, for poopling it last week. Did you, did you know that when you drag your little jewel, you know, because you can go from one side of the board to the other, did you know that the pattern that you take it, you can affect all of the jewels in the middle too mm-hmm. and i've noticed that's on some of them because they'll swipe around and, and change direction so, so you that, could actually use one jewel to put two more or yeah put two, two or more three or four yeah. near each other and then when you drop it sometimes you'll get the combo for <coughs> putting the other yeah. ones together yeah, so. yeah 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 i've been i've been strategic you, you also want to make sure that you don't you don't drag across an area that you're trying to uh uh match up, because if you do, you'll push that jewel out of the way, and then when you drop it, you won't get anything, because you've moved one jewel that you needed, so you have to go out and around sometimes, sometimes yeah. your action in order yeah. to... And then, and then there's nothing worse than getting the, oh, I screwed up and dropped it in the wrong place, and then the Weeping Angel goes, oh, and attacks you, because <laughs> you didn't do anything right. So, yeah, been doing a lot of that. So, 
Have, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> have you guys survived all the levels aside from the special advent ones? No. You, you've been killed in some. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh really? The weeping. I, well, I, I got all. I haven't gotten far to... enough. Obviously, the weeping angels are where I first. The yeah. Angels take my hands where I first yeah. couldn't, couldn't. And then you can pay a crystal in order to start that level again where you're at oh, and yeah. pick right up where you left off with yeah. you know with full power and everything. And I've spent through all the crystals that I've picked up now. <laughs> and so now I have to go back and I have to start the level over every time that I do uh, it because you can't just join there in the yeah, middle. Okay. So so it does reach a point where it gets rather yeah. difficult. Okay, okay, so here's the deal. Um, the first crystal that I blew, um, I was going along and everything was fine. And all of a sudden I just died. which was like, whoop, dead. I was like, I had full energy and everything. What the hell? And I can't figure out this... So I hit replay and got my crystal and continued on. Yeah, it's a timed level. I didn't know that. Some of those oh. surprise levels are timed, oh. and there's a countdown clock. So I blew a crystal on a timed mission. Oh. And it dawned on me that the crystals, that's going to be the expensive thing that, that you don't right. drop very right. often, so you don't want to spend those. Right. I'll replay. I don't care if I'm on the last level. I'll replay the whole thing if I die before I spend a crystal on that. So I've only blown one crystal, but I blew it on a stupid time. <laughs> But yeah, I'm in the same boat. The weeping angels killed the, me. You just have to restart the level anyway. I so know. You might that use was, your crystals. No, no, no. Because not on time. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. No, but not you're, on time. You're, you're saying like I don't. I'm, I'm saving them. I want. There's. Yeah. I'd rather. Don't, don't you use those also to upgrade the doctor and, and stuff? I don't know what you use them for, I but it's important. It's different and expensive. It's, it's one of the different effects that upgrades the doctor. I think. I don't know what they are, but I guarantee you, it's important and expensive, and you should hoard them. <laughs> Continue where I'm at. No, because sometimes some you'll be like right up to the, yeah. nearly killing them. Like the giant weeping angel of Statue yeah. of Liberty. And then yeah. what happens is if you go all the way back, then you have to do that entire level again. Whereas if you spend a crystal, yeah. you can finish them off. I know, but that's expensive and they're important. <laughs> He's going to get to the end of the game and have like 30 crystals he never used. Yes. I will be rich in crystals. No, I of course, I'll have blown way past you because I'll be using the crystals no. for what they're well, used for. Well, I was in the same boat. The Weeping Angels killed me, and so I kept getting killed, and I kept getting killed, and I was like, okay. So I went back to the beginning and replayed yeah, that's all, what all the way doing. through and beefed well, so everybody else up. You can also up. use the crystals to unlock people. Ah, so you know, there's a that's a good reason to hold on to them. Uh, character rolls, I don't know what that does. But I, there was something else that you can get them use them for because I haven't continued a level and I am down to one. Oh, so you've like been four. using them as you've been I going just somehow. Okay. But they're, they're, I'm, they're, I'm they're, assuming it's a level They're up. the things that in the shop you actually pay real cash for and having played Jurassic Park and Ghostbusters and all these other games that have come out for the, for the apps, whatever you spend real money on is the one that doesn't drop much. Yeah. So... Well, I don't know. I had like 15 by the time I finally had to drop one. So and I only played like seven levels. But now you're almost down to one. Or you are I am down to one. one. I, I'm down to zero now, so I'm having to just play through. <clears throat> so yeah, I think I think our, our but then review... I've gone back. Actually, that's not true because then I went back like you did and started playing other levels to to bulk my people. I didn't just go straight through again, but to bulk my characters up and got a bunch. I didn't get a bunch. I got three in the process of doing that. So it depends on the level. Also, uh, you spend, different levels. Drop you spend all things. yours. I'll hoard all mine, and we'll see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to re, re I think we have to re review this game now and say Oh I think so. Well up. last last yeah, last last week was just a hey, here it is. Here we haven't played with it much, so we so, just did a review right in the middle of Chrissy's feedback. Yeah. There you go, Chrissy. Hope that helps. Um 
And no, I don't think there's any special way to get Strax to drop other than just she's probably keep playing it. yelling at her MP3 player now. I know because <laughs> she's probably further along than any of us because she's been yeah. snowed in, and she's like. Probably has ever answers to everything that we've postulated here going on. I wonder if this means this. I wonder if this means this. <laughs> what do you mean you're only on that? <laughs> Newbie. <laughs> anyway, here oh, are my... Re- but, okay, sorry. Right. Tangent again. Well, now at least we're warning people that we're going to tangent. <laughs> I think we talked about it on... No, no, we don't do that here. On, on, on Mike, I am officially amateur, and it was because my companions left. Oh, that's, that's what it was. What it was. Yeah. Did yeah. you actually go back and research that, or did yes, somebody help hint? Uh, no, I went back and re-listened to it. There you go. There you Companions go. Maybe, left. Maybe think of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're an amateur now. I, I am currently okay. an amateur. So it was newbie novice amateur. Yeah. All right. We're gonna work on one for Christmas. Paddle ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think that warrants knighthood. You've been knighted. Well, uh, no, knight level. No. I'm still in the Padawan level. Alright. <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyway, here are my reviews for your Cyberman archive this week. The Tenth Planet. There's a neat bit of symmetry here, and I realized it during Friday Night Who. It's generally accepted that the very first episode of An Unearthly Child is a brilliant piece of television, and the last three episodes aren't that great. Well, the first three episodes of The Tenth Planet are boring at best, but the fourth episode is actually quite good. So at least William Hartnell started and ended on good episodes. Really, I spent the first three episodes of the story being annoyed on behalf of the Doctor, Ben, and Polly because they didn't have much to do with the story. Instead, the story focused on these stupid guys on the base that I didn't give a crap about and nobody ever gave me a reason to. Earlier this year, I read the novel Ten Little Aliens, which I hated with every inch of my soul. It's a first Doctor story with Ben and Polly, but it could have been anybody. Indeed, it didn't even have to be a Doctor Who story. It read like it could have been any hardcore sci-fi story with Doctor, Ben, and Polly shoehorned in there because they had to be. The other characters were just bad people. You didn't care about them. You didn't even want to care about them. There were more scenes without Team Tardis than with them, and I just felt it was a throwaway story that didn't mean much. I can say much the same for the first three episodes of The Tenth Planet. Now, I don't know if they got another writer to work on episode four, or a script editor worked out some of the bugs, but that episode works so much better than the rest of the story does. And my DVD didn't come in time for me to see the animated episode, so I was stuck with the admittedly quite decent recon of Ep4. Let's just take a moment to shake our fists in anger at the non-existent BBC archiving policy of 1966, <laughs> or whenever they were wiping that stuff, for getting rid of the best episode of Tenth Planet. Got the rage out? Okay, let's continue. In episode 4, the Cybermen come back to the action, Ben and Polly get to actually do something, and, of course, we get the very first regeneration. Even listening to the audio, it seems like Hartnell was putting his all into those final scenes, selling the fact that though the Doctor had been weakened and was struggling, he was still the Doctor, still the core of the team, and things were going to be okay for the audience. And maybe I'm letting an adventure in space and time color my perception of this a little bit, but it's hard not to imagine what was going on behind the scenes of this story. Spare parts. I really love this story. Not because it's a Cyberman origin story, but also for the story given to the Fifth Doctor and Nyssa. I love that this follows this story allows them to grieve over Adric's death, something that never really happened on TV, and that gives this story even more weight than it would have otherwise had. Although, admittedly, the Doctor facing the creation of one of his most terrible enemies holds plenty of weight on its own. Also, this is a great example of Big Finish giving Nyssa more backstory and character than she had on TV. She has some brilliant moments with the Hartley family, and when she's off on her own. 
And speaking of the Hartley family, this is how you do one-off characters that you care about. <laughs> you get a great sense of what Mondas is normally like through Mrs. Interactions with Yvonne, Frank, and their dad. I don't think he got a first name, but that's no big deal. You also feel a connection with these characters, and you want to know what happens to them. Not to mention you feel awful when you realize they're going to become Cybermen, and they'll probably end up terrorizing the universe. This story is a huge reason I think the Cybermen are scarier than the Daleks. The Daleks are just mutant blobs of alien hatred, even if they are kind of cute. But the Cybermen were human beings that made horrible decisions in the paths of advanced technology. Personally, I think I'd rather be shot and killed by a Dalek than be converted into a Cyberman. I'd rather not have, I'd rather not have either one. But if the choice was one or the other, give me the Dalek egg whisk any day of the week. <laughs> That's what makes the Cybermen really scary. Not the weapons or metal bodies, or that they, as of Nightmare and Silver, run really fast. But that they could turn you into one of them. Side note. Did anyone else notice there's a Yvonne Hartley in this story? And we also have Yvonne Hartman, the head of Torchwood and Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. I wonder if that was deliberate or if it was just coincidence. Hmm, I, didn't really, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that either. We'll have to do some research on that. Rachel, I loved all your Chicago TARDIS updates. The video posted was awesome, too. Thanks for giving us all a taste of the convention and for indirectly mentioning me and Brittany in the Fangirls or Fans 2 panel. For those that don't know, Rachel, Brittany, and I had a Google Hangout squee-fest after Day of the Doctor, in which we talked for four hours about the whole 50th anniversary experience, and Rachel brought that up briefly in her panel, and it's on her video. Anyway, that's me done for the week. Gotta go back and try to beat the crap out of that stupid Weeping Angels level <laughs> on Doctor Who Legacy. Stupid rocks getting in the way of my gem board. Chrissy. Yeah, the rocks suck. Yeah, I don't like the rocks either. Right. Well, I think the only the only nice thing about the rocks is that if you drag from over here and you're going to complete a, a, a jewel thing over here, if you can get the rocks to line up, it still counts as a multiplier for oh. you know, even though you don't get anything for it. Because it acts as a multiplier. It acts as a multiplier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah. Sorry. Segue. <laughs> Might have to boot this game up now. You guys, <laughs> talk without me. I'll be busy. Shall we start with Tenth Planet? Yes, we will. But that's the second story. <laughs> But we're going in order. Depends on whose timeline you're talking or, about. Or, or, yeah, it's the doc- it's a, in the doctor's timeline. The doctor's timeline. It's second story. All right, all right, I'll allow it. No, it's the doctor's timeline. It's the first story. Well, yes, but it's the second it's, story in this arc. <laughs> second story in the Cybermen's timeline. Yes. Yes. That's what he was saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. But we're saying this is the first in the doctor's timeline. It really wasn't that yes, interesting this of a, is a comment either yes. way, so we can, we, can, we can do the episode first. Let's move on. Yes, yes. The TARDIS lands at the South Pole in 1986. The arrival coincides with the appearance of Earth's forgotten twin planet, Mondas, along with, its visitor, with visitors from that world, the emotionless Cybermen. It's up to the Doctor and his friends to stop the creatures before they convert Earth's population into similar cyber creations. But the encounter will have a devastating effect on the Doctor. Oh, that was it. It will have a devastating effect on the Doctor! Dun, dun, dun! I liked it. I'm so glad about this one. (laughs) You know, this is one of those stories that I I have a really warm place in my heart for it because I I enjoy the fact that it's kind of, I mean, before spare parts, it's the genesis of the Cybermen. Well, yeah. And they're, they're... First episode, not necessarily the origin, but the origin in being introduced to the Doctor Who, yes. into the mythos. Um, I, I absolutely 
love the concept here of the story. I like the idea of this twin planet that's come across, you know, space in, in order to take it over and, and continue its its population because it's pretty much decimated itself um, on Earth or on on. T- and you don't really Mondas. get a good reason why and how they decimated. There's themselves. a reason why I'm getting to getting Telos and Mondas confused okay. tonight. So forgive me already <laughs> if I interchange them, but. Um, <clears throat> I'm with Chrissy, though. I think it's very dry for the first three episodes, and it makes it really hard to have any sympathy for anybody except for the guys in the ships that they're trying to bring down. Yes. And that one scientist that continues to butt heads with the, the main guy, the, uh, the one who American ends up essentially guy. stepping in for the doctor yeah, later. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> kind of winds up helping them. Yeah. Too. Right. See, I, I, I partially agree. That I think one and three are a little dry. I think two is absolutely fascinating. But of course, two and four are where the Cybermen are in this story. Right, right. One and three, they're not. Right. And that's, I think, where the difference is for me. Um, things are kind of interesting and going along, but a little dry. Ramps up because the Cybermen show up, drop back down while Team TARDIS and action scientists have to fight the base instead of the Cybermen, and then right. we fight the Cybermen again. Right. Right. I think that's why there's a, cy- there's a certain dichotomy. There. But! <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm, 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 I was, I've always been dismayed of the fact that the Doctor really gets kind of pushed to the side in this one. And I also think that it falls down because I don't think that the Doctor is very uh, is, is as assertive as he has been in a yeah. lot of his stories. And so that's really, really glaringly obvious that he's not. Well, and Ben and don't help much. Yeah. And I think this is only the second story with Ben and Polly. I think it's actually the third. Third? Okay. Because there's some that are missing. I know they're in the War Machines. And there must be one before that. Yeah, and there's the one before that. That's, okay. That actually takes place before this one. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure because that, that, that gap was, where there's one missing, I haven't even watched some of the recaps. Oh, the Smugglers. Smugglers. Because it goes War Machine, Smugglers, this one. Oh, it's in between. That's right. I'm smugglers sorry. is missing, though, isn't it? It's smugglers not. is missing, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so so they did join him in the War Machines then. Yes. Okay. Um, actually, it's what I thought I remembered. But uh, but anyway, even with Ben and Polly there, it doesn't, it doesn't help much because they're, they're even rele- relegated to such a side story. Nothing really going on there much except for them just watching helplessly. But I really wanted the Doctor to be a little more assertive. Now... It sort of makes sense in the long run as to why and not not allowing adventure from in, in space and time to kind of um, tent my view of the story. That's going to be it, really it kind hard. Of does yeah, now, it really but, will. But it with what happens with the Doctor in the fourth story almost makes it me forgive it. Maybe retroactively think that he was already ill at that time or aging or or. or having an issue before, and that's why he's just not as assertive. And so by the time the fourth one kind of rolls around, it, it really, the first time I watched it, took me by surprise that, wow, that was just all of a sudden, you know, the yeah. doctor starts feeling ill. And he, he had, earlier, he had had a little of a spell early on, so that kind of helps. But it really seemed very sudden in the fourth episode. Well, I, and I, thought, I don't think it, 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 it because... What, what, what I think is sudden is him fainting in the third episode of me. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It was the third one. That's, and then, that's and then he, the yeah, fact that he comes spell. back. Yeah. yeah, that feels very right, out of right. left field. Second and, episode. 
He paints at the end of the second. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I thought. I thought yeah. it was at the end of the second. Okay, yeah. so but but but, still but he's out of the yeah, third episode the fact that for the most part. There. He's out altogether. Right. He doesn't come back until four. And now, of course, now now playing into Adventure in Space and Time, I think that was probably done in such a way that he was pretty well advanced in his. Uh, I can't remember what he had. Uh, we said it last week on the show. His illness. Two. But he already had that where he was forgetting yeah. lines and having real difficulty with the part. Which I think you tweeted out that. They had to write around the fact, which I know, and they did, said it in bonus features. They had to write around the fact that he got suddenly very ill. Yeah, oh, he, okay. he, he, he did get episode. sick and had to call. So they had him. to relegate a lot of lines to Ben and Polly and to the scientists, and that's why the scientists take such a big well, role. That's, that's also. why the that's why the yeah the doctor then is is pretty much written out of this story for the most part. Um, but the fourth story is is great, and this was the first time that I'd seen it in the animation because every the, the other t- couple of times I'd watched it, I'd seen. The one with the recon for the, or yeah, the reconstruction for the fourth episode, which still was very interesting. In fact, I've watched a few of the recons, and that was one of the ones particularly that I didn't. I mean, I knew I was watching a recon, but it was. Sometimes I'll sit there, and it's hard for me to watch a telesnaps over and over again for the same because I mean they're just limited on what they can use. This was the first time that I watched one that was reconstructed that I went, "Wow, that's." Actually, I mean, it just blew by. It didn't yeah. feel like it was dragging or anything. And it we was, watched it was so part of the VHS one. Um, I don't know if the one you've seen before had the different uh, color backgrounds. Yes, I think that's, that's that, one I of the that's, ones that uh, I've seen. The first one I saw, I think, was, Chrissy, a, I think was Loose Cannons. And then this one was, I think I saw this one recently. I, I think the changing backgrounds <clears throat> and then the scroll of text underneath yeah, saying what, what's happening, I think really that certainly benefited helps. it. Yeah, really, really helps. And, and I agree with you. The part that we watched of the... Tell us reconstruction. We just kind of fast forward to watch the regeneration in live action afterwards. But it, it, it really, it really did seem that it just it just, just moved right along. It's yeah. really great. It's very very well paced, and the the recon is done well in that particular. Okay. This is this is one of those. I, I I'm I'm torn because yes, I agree with Chrissy. I, I think the first three episodes are a little less than stellar. I mean, realistically, if you were just sit down and w- without putting anything else into it and just looking at it as what we're given. They're 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 three pretty less than stellar episodes. Um the doctor is not as assertive as he probably ought to be. Um See, the, I think they're not they're they're less than stellar Doctor Who stories, but pretty good science fiction in well, general. Well it's still it's still good science fiction, but it, it feels like almost kind of one of those It feels very more science fiction than Doctor Who. It, it feels like a bland episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, even I would agree. even the even the even the bland yeah. episodes are still good, but mm-hmm. they're just some that are not as that. great. Yeah. This kind of feels like that, where it's one that oh, it's on, I'll watch it, and then the doctor shows up and it gets good, but he he's just he's kind of stuck in that limbo of not really being very effective. And the guys in the base are like you know they're you're, they're really all designed to be disposable, hateable characters. Yeah, there's not really a, many you like, and I especially was, the main guy. I was surprised that for what was very early on set up as base under siege story didn't go that way. I mean, yeah, there was an attack and a couple of waves of guys coming in, but I mean, the, it, instead it was kind of the opposite. It was the <laughs> Cybermen run, get off the planet because they're going to <laughs> nuke you and your planet and everything else. Um, Another tale of humanity, Sunday. Yeah. Although it's score one for the home. Team. Although well, part of it is the lesser of two evils in that aspect. That you nuke half the planet to save the other half. It's more of the and isn't that interesting that we just came off the fiftieth. Well, it's, yeah, it's more of that the head guy though the the, the oh, guy that's yeah. in command. I mean that he even after Geneva tells him 
No, don't no. do that. Don't, yeah, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, he still turns this. around and, and as acts as though he's had authorization. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he cares, he doesn't care what Geneva says or half the planet as long as his son's safe. Right. That makes you just instantly, yeah, it's a shame, but that's still one life compared to half the planet. Right. I, you're you're in the wrong. Right. Yeah. It does add no, a not, level. Not, of, not clear thinking. There it does all. add a level of compassion for. The character, why wanting to do anything he can to bring his son home, but but he starts stepping over that line, right? Exactly. I, I, I but then it, and then it I, pushes I, it I a got, little too far. I got the compassion for him until Geneva told him not to do it, yeah, because he was very pushing for it, and then he just said, "Well, screw you! I'm going to do it anyway to save my son." And that's well, what you you, the you, line. you knew they were you knew you were in trouble when he says, "The way I see it, there are three things we need to deal with: one, we've got to get my son down at orbit; two, we have to deal with this alien incursion." Whoa, your priorities are a little <laughs> jacked up here, mister. I'm sorry. <laughs> One and two. You know, wrong. And then whatever three was was also important. But it's like, your kid's in orbit. He's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mondas is going to blow him up, but <laughs> it's, it's, there's nothing. You, you can't go after him, so just leave him there. <laughs> I felt like Mrs. Peacock. Let him stay locked up for another half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> there's just... <clears throat> I don't know. The characters in this are... I, I, I get where you're coming from with the sympathy for this uh, general. But at the same time, I don't know. It was played in such a way that he was so gung-ho American military almost. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about anybody else. He felt distinctly American. Not only because of the accent, but just mannerisms and attitude. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's one of us. Sorry about that. Um <laughs> But I just I didn't feel I didn't feel a lot of sympathy for him. I didn't feel a lot of empathy with him for the fact that his son had, was in danger. Um, and I think maybe if they if he'd put a little more anguish in it and then turned, maybe that would have been a yeah. It, it could it would have helped. Work, that would work for bit. that would have worked for me better. But I did have some empathy for him. Did you? Maybe being a father, I mean, right? yeah, kind of put your thing. kids first before anything else, yeah. but. And so I could I could see that and I could I could sympathize with that, but also I think that I I, I I sort of wished that maybe he would have, yeah, like you just said, pushed you know, not pushed so readily and so fast. Yeah, it would have been better, and he would have got more empathy from it. And then we've got Ben and Polly, who pretty much for three episodes rank among the worst companions. Ever, I'm going to choose to believe that they didn't figure out how to write them yet. I could buy that. Like they, they did the War Machine like ten episodes or something. I don't know how when I, they show up. It's in. a long one, but no, but true. having them in their atmosphere of when they're supposed. I don't know much about the War Machines either. I don't know if it's set in their current '60s time. I think so. It is. Taking them out of that elements can be a challenge writing to keep the characters the same. No, well, they were just displaced to the. Uh, well, I don't know what about the smugglers, but they were just displaced to the 1980s as far as this story goes. So. Which, and there's some kind of interesting, oh, they're, they're, you can tell that they're in the future a little bit with Ben and Polly. Yeah. And, and there's there's some nice little moments there in the beginning before they kind of get... Yeah, the War Machines takes place in 66. Shuffled in the back. Well, but see, even then, and I, I, I'm trying really hard not to let... Adventure Time and Space, um, you know, colored my perceptions. But even that scene where they're all in the TARDIS getting ready to go out, and they're like these two <laughs> teeny bopper go goes, you know, 
Oh, and he's chastising and he's them. Chastising we don't know what's out there. there. We don't know what's out, out there. there. And, you know, give me my coat and my hat. And they're all kind of like bouncing around. Can we go yet? Can we go yet? Can we go yet? <laughs> it's like, I, I just had this kind of instant dislike of them. It just, and it's not fair, but it just, it just kind of hit me. Oh, why is he dragging these two along? I mean, they're just, they're just horrible. And then they get into the base and they don't acquit themselves at all. And Ben drops one line about, you know, being a, 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 a sailor. He's a sailor or something. He must have been the cook because he didn't do anything sailory. I mean, I would think that if you were in Her Majesty's Royal Navy, which presumably Ben was, I haven't we haven't watched the War Machines yet, and I haven't seen it. But you know, whatever his backstory is, there, you would think that he'd had some sort of combat training, and that he would then put that to use, and he doesn't. No, through any of it. This story, especially, and I don't remember much from the War Games, but this story specifically, really, Ben and Polly are two sexes of the same person to me. I mean, yeah. they're really. Way too similar to be two companions. Aside from Polly, doesn't get to do quite as much. Well, she doesn't in this, but they they still have that just that same. They they seem the same age. They seem to they might have well the same mindset with things. Yeah, they had the and same so, haircut. Might as well be twins. Yeah. <laughs> now the only, the only it was like the ineffectual Wonder Twins. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an episode of Justice League where they didn't do anything and couldn't get it couldn't get it together, but. Episode four comes along, and all of a sudden, Ben turns into Harry Sullivan Light. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's just he's in there and he's in the thick of things. Well, and even he's, a little bit in three when he's trying yeah. to get through the the, the ventilation shaft yes, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he just all of a sudden starts doing instead of passively allowing things to happen, and he becomes interesting all of a sudden. He he really flipped on a dime for me, and it was like oh. Okay, go bed. You know, let's 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 see some some stuff. And uh, th- throughout, you know, when that happens in three, all the way up in four, like, uh, the the bit where he turns the projector on the cyber leader in, in the in the room, wasn't the most effectual plan, but it worked. It worked. You know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I look at that and I think, okay, that that yeah, worked out. Right. I mean, as, as soon as they, they showed that that big old projector of the room, it was like you could huck that at him. That'd do some damage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking blunt instrument. I'm thinking like Leela. And he's like, oh, I could turn it on and blind him. He's like, oh, that might work too. Then huck it at him. But <laughs> just... Now, Polly, unfortunately, is kind of re- relegated to that, I'm going to sit and care for the doctor mm-hmm. and, and hope that he and gets the better. Cr- and the group. And you know, and so she kind of all of a sudden defaults into that woman mode. Yeah. Not that that's appropriate, but just that that's how they were written at, at well, this, at this it, stage it, of time. From my exposure to Polly, which is this in Moonbase... That's pretty much what she does most of the time. Yeah. And she goes and makes coffee. Which, Moonbase actually... Plays, oh, that's right. You've read Moonbase. I read Moonbase. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that. Uh, they, it plays a big part of the plot in Moonbase. It's the coffee. Actually. Really? Yeah. But okay. they, they seem to have written them better later on. From it could be the novelization, too. I don't know. Well, we'll find out when we get there. But, yes. yeah, four really turned things around. And, and so I was kind of... I was kind of pleased to see that until the final episode, uh, the final part of the final episode, where it, I don't know, it seemed like, okay, the threat has passed, and we just disintegrated back into well, whiny teenager mode and doctor oh, pounding okay. on the door, let us in. I mean, yeah. admittedly, that's some concern that you're going to get left, right, right. but it felt abrupt. It was a little we, we, the, we went the, the straight the, from really a handsome the, fellow to let us in, let us in. The entire ending kind of is abrupt. Yeah. Once once Mondos gets destroyed and the Cybermen's deflate, they escape and run away. I mean, that's the end. That's the, from deflation to 
end credits is probably three minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. really quick. It's yeah. really quick. So I can excuse that yeah. because it, it's moving so quickly. But for all of that, there's an enormous amount of material to like here. The Cybermen are awesome. The I voices, love the design. The design, the voices, I incredible. Love the voice. I really, I thought at first, I was like, oh, you're not going to do that. But then it just, yeah. Yeah, that works. That's so totally cool and alien and mm-hmm. weird. I love the backstory. I, I wish lo- the Cybermen still talked like that to the today. I, I, I don't, I don't mind, that, like I don't mind that they have the new new design. In fact, I think something, I think Spare Parts does a lot to explain why this yeah. is the Cybermen we have now. Yeah. Unfortunately, Attack of the Cybermen kind of blows that all up. But um, but why the design has changed. So. Agreed. Eh, not so much, but yeah. Um, oh, Attack does. <laughs> I think so, because it's still set later, even no. though it's... No. No, because the, the, the Cybermen time traveled back to stop it from happening. It's not that era Cybermen. Yeah, I guess that's I true. I guess that's true. But I got the impression the ones that were in the tombs were because or in the encasings, not the frozen, were the same. Should have been the same ones that were in the tomb, even though we had the ones that were the, the look of the tomb of the Cybermen ones. Even though we have the the ones uh, that have come back to try to prevent Mondas. I suppose it depends on from being destroyed. But they come out, their, they come out of their little cellophane <laughs> packaging, and there you have the new look as well. They have the new design as well. So that that's always kind of bothered me. But. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have been cool if they'd gone back and had the big old chest unit <laughs> and the tubes? And the, <laughs> the they probably, it probably would have looked really horrible by 1980-something yeah. oh, television yeah, standards. Yeah. Well, people would have been confused. Why did these Spider-Man, I mean, especially yeah. if they were new viewers... Why are these Cybermen don't look like these Cybermen? There's a challenge. Somebody write an episode that requires us to go back and revisit these Cybermen <laughs> in this outfit. And somebody can throw away a line about, wow, well, they've changed a lot or something. Just they, to, they changed a bunch between this and Tomb of the Cybermen, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a huge yeah. design change. Huge. Design, well, well, and that's not even the Evolutionary next. leaps forward. Yeah. You know. Because they never look like this again. They they, they evolve even what the moon base was. What you determined was the next one, or we yeah, moon space. base, moon base is the next Cyberman story. Yeah, right? even by the moon base, they look completely different. Yeah. yeah. So, but I love the design of the Cybermen. I I am so this is this is it's so sixties retro chic awesome. <laughs> what's really I think is cool about this design is the giant thing above their crotch is a gun. It's not a part of their chest unit, right, right. <laughs> which I was always kind of looked at these and like, what is up with that thing? Yeah. And it's a gun. Okay, that's where they store it. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that you, this design more than any other, you can see the human, oh yeah, the, the biological that's beneath. I, that's yeah. why I think uh, Spare Parts does a good job of of making this design fit. Oh yes, yeah. even in Spare Parts, even, they haven't quite got well. Some of them have gotten to this point, but it's, it, it's still but, yeah, it more like that, you know. This is still even a work in progress. Right. Yeah. Because you see that, even though it was an accident, watching the bonus features, the bare hands. Yeah. They right. spray-painted their hands silver, but you can't tell that in black and white. white. Yeah. And they meant to do gloves, and apparently the costume lady was so embarrassed that she didn't do gloves. <laughs> <laughs> that they just completely forgot them. Yeah. But I think it, it kind I, of I think, I think it works. It I think it makes it more effective I for where so they're at in that evolutionary it, it, process. Yeah, it, you know. it shows more that this used to be... Essentially, yeah. parallel humans. Yeah, I don't feel bad, costume lady. We're going to call it a happy accident because it was. Oh awesome. yeah, I think yeah. so too. I would agree. Um, I was a little worried initially when the planet was upside down. 
I and, think that was a really and a very obvious. Of, hey, look, it's an upside down Earth, and I, I, I kind of made effective. a I kind of made a scathing joke about well. You couldn't even design a new planet, guys. It just looks like an upside down Earth. And then one of the characters said, "Oh, it's, that, that's that's you know that's that's Madagascar right there." And I went, "Oh, well, at least you're addressing it." Then I'll shut up because <laughs> I thought it was just a convenient. Nobody will notice if we flip Australia right. upside down. You know, See, I noticed. I guess I guess I always knew that it was Earth's forgotten twin, and that's why I didn't think twice about it just being flipped. I just went for the auto, I, I, yeah, I went for the obvious design yeah. flaw versus oh it is actually part of the story, but it turned out to be part of the story. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. But, um, so that was cool, and then um, William Hartnell was really good with what little he did. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and apparently, according to the one of the wiki pages or something. There was a line in the script that was meant to imply that whatever this energy transfer that was going between Earth and Mondas is what triggered the Doctor getting sick. Because he, he, he's okay up until that point happens, and then all of a sudden it really starts oh, to affect him. Faints. And not only is that why he faints, but it's ultimately that Wait. energy that causes the regeneration. Wait, say that again? There, there, was, a, there was something in the script. You know that, when they're trying to pull energy from the okay, Earth? Yeah. That Mondas is sucking energy up or absorbing or whatever that that's what triggers his illness and ultimately his regeneration but it kind of got lost in the shuffle right. and didn't get delivered with the same import apparently that they thought it would have had and so it's just widely assumed that he dies of old age I'm fine with either yeah, I, quite I, think, I think you have to go with he died with old age because when the final product comes out you kind of have to yeah I, whether it was the Cybermen that caused it or it was old age that caused it I'm fine either way it doesn't yeah. bother me I'm not going to nitpick one way I don't, or the other I don't remember reading because I read both the wikis and it's not on TARDIS wiki because that's where I'm at now no it was on uh, uh, the other one it must have been regular uh, wiki because this one says some fans don't fully accept the fact that Doctor regenerated due to old age they speculate that the, that Mondas was plundered not only had that Mondas plundered not only Earth's energy but the Doctor's as well, shrinking his lifespan, growing weaker with each passing moment. The Doctor eventually regenerated. Yeah, now it's somewhere that uh, it was the script editor, the guy that actually wrote the script for the episode, um, who who commented on that. That, hmm. that was what was supposed to have been implied. I wonder, I wonder if that would be in the um, either commentary or the info text when watching it. Hmm, could be. I'll have to go back and check that out. Let's talk animation. Because we got to see it with animation. You got to see it with animation. I liked it. I thought it was very effective. The animation for this is the best I've seen since the invasion. Um, because We've we talked three. about... <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm ahead of you because I have watched uh, the Ice Warriors. Since, since, oh, yeah, that's, oh, you have watched it. Because there's first. animation on that. So there's been four. This okay. is the fourth in a line. Yeah, I guess we haven't gone back. I haven't yeah. gone back and watched um, Ice Warriors since it's so, animated. Because I, I, I really liked how it was done for Invasion. Reign of Terror, we talked about the um, Uncanny, Uncanny, Uncanny Valley Valley yeah. aspect of it. And I, I really was disappointed with the animation in this one. Then I saw the Ice Warriors. And we'll probably get there, even though we reviewed it before. We'll get there and talk about it again when we all get a chance to see it, maybe on a Friday Night Who. The animation's horrible in it. Oh, so, is it? so bad. Mm. And so it's like they tried to do the Cosgrove Hall style, but they, they fell down. <laughs> it didn't, didn't quite work. And so when I got to this one, that, I think that made this one look even better than I expected. But I, I, did, I think this is the best I've seen since 
the invasion as far as animation goes. I think it's the best. I would of, agree. Of the three that I've seen, I still prefer the invasion over all of them. See, I think... But I really liked how this one... In my mind, it seems like they went with Reign of Terror and kind of figured out what they did wrong. Agreed. And tweaked it a little bit. It still is the very realistic look to it. They improved it. But... And and maybe it, maybe it has nothing to do with the animation. Maybe it's just that they're purely going off telesnaps, and Reign of Terror was directed with a lot more close-ups, so they animated more close-ups. Well, I, I think I don't know. I think some of it also is story. Th- this last story was much better than well, there's a lot of action. Well, well, that's true that, too. Not there's, not, there's not a chance for a lot of people to stand around and talk for a long yeah. time, and so I think that's what what the, the has this one has going for it is they were forced. To put the action that was happening Which, and, in it, and you can't skimp on that kind of thing with the, with the quick still shots or the close ups to the face, where you can just animate the mouth. There, there seems some also, facial expressions. They really, they really yeah. feel like they had to do something. Well, and even there's the also some really nice framing in some of it. Yeah, even yeah. when they're talking, like there was one shot that I noticed of it was half of somebody's face. So Hartnell was all the way off on one side of the yeah, screen, half of but you screen. got to see everybody right. else, which yeah. I thought was really that cool. Was really, I, I don't think they shot it that I way. Think, yeah. no, quite, quite frankly, I think they took more creative liberties with I this think one so than too. they probably so did. Well, even in the, the, the couple of scenes where Hartnell's monologuing, He's got motion blurs on his hand when he's motioning right, like right. this, and it was. I mean, I thought that was an effective. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I like that. It's yeah. not just the hand going up and down, but it's actually blurred a little bit yeah. to really kind of drive that point home. So yeah, it's in my mind, it's a step above Reign of Terror. I still prefer the animation in Invasion. Yeah, I, I still think well, this that's is my, my second. But this second. this would be my second. So. Um, if you didn't get a chance to watch it or your DVDs arrive late, then um, we're sorry. Definitely but yeah, definitely out. go check it out. Now, what did you think of the fact that they animated the whole episode? I was a little surprised that they didn't immediately switch back over to well, what footage there was. I think it would have taken me out of the story. I, I think, think they wanted to stay with one medium so that you didn't feel yanked out of it. Um, because at least when you separate the animation the way that this is done, there's a break in between the episodes. Yeah. You yeah. get an opening scene. Because they, you know, they don't rerun the open they animate the open too yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's complete so i was comp- I, I was dismayed when i first heard before this came out on dvd that, that that's how they were doing it that they were they went in and animated the regeneration scene. now I, I, it's my understanding that the actual clip is available on there as yeah, well yeah it's part of the reconstruction yeah. so we watched it um yeah, and then, and then I, well, that's one I've always seen too. And, and fortunately, Blue, Blue Peter had that in their archives, or we would have had that lost forever as well. But um, no, I think when I come down on it, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they went in and animated it, and just so beginning to end, we didn't we weren't pulled out of the story by the quick change in media. I agree. I agree. I was just curious to know what everybody thought. <laughs> well, let's move on to spare parts. Wait, before we finish, okay. I want to say. I think while the first two parts are slower, I think especially for the time period, it was important to establish the ideas of what was happening here. That, I'll give you that. that that's why the first two are so much slower, and you kind of have to build up to the fourth awesome episode because yeah. you got to give the ideas. This is the. Th- I mean, also think of it in the perspective of 1966. I, I, the idea of the Cybermen, I, I would, I would imagine, are so abstract at that point. Yeah, but I just, I, I, I think you could. Somewhere I heard that this is the first televised cyborg. 
I could be wrong on that, but I, I think I remember doing some research somewhere, and they credited. It's been obviously an idea within science fiction novels forever, yes. but the Doctor Who did it first before anybody else did any kind of human machine hybrid. That the, the Cybermen, the, the Cybermen have that footnote in history that they are the first televised. I could be wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've never heard pretty sure I heard that. So I agree with you that, that this is kind of a big step. Um, I don't. I, and for 60, now, it's. I think you still could. I still. Ironically, it's airing. This episode aired at the same time that Star Trek debuted. Huh. Uh, it was. It was October eighth through the 29th. So actually, Star Trek had a, a month jump on them. But well, but the UK didn't get Star Trek episodes right away. Right. No, I'm. So I'm, I'm, like I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just showing the comparison oh, I between see. I see. you know the show and right, right one, okay, one that had money. <laughs> Well, yeah, but <laughs> not as much. But, <laughs> but you could compare shows from the seventies, Doctor Who, and American shows in the seventies, and there's still quite a difference yeah. in those as well. Or even the Avengers. You know, what I mean, I, yeah. we we pick on Doctor Who because of its you know low quality production, but or lower than normal quality production. But even if you look at some of the other science fiction or fantasy or shows that were going on in the UK in the nineteen seventies versus the ones that were being made out of Hollywood and the 1970s, there's there's a there's quite a difference there as well. So it yeah. is it's it's comparing apples to oranges, unfortunately, in yeah. that situation. But. Well, and the real threat of the Cybermen in this one is kind of implied. They tell us what they're going to do, but we never actually see a conversion. There's yeah, no one really true. threatened with it. Yeah. Which, and then I'm sorry, Keith, the Cybermen line up like ducks at a <laughs> carnival and walk into a. <laughs> Yeah, and then they get their guns picked up, and they get carted off, and they land another spaceship, and they come out, and they land, and they walk into the thing, and they fall down again. It's like, wow, you guys suck. I tell you, going back to what Keith was saying about how you felt like it needed two episodes to cancel. Well, I don't know if I don't know if it needed to, but I, I think it had great establishments. I see what you're going, but I, I I still think you can have a two episode establishment arc and still have more going on than what was going on. It just it felt like. You could have taken a mushed episode one and two together and really kind of got a, a better paced story than we had here. That's my problem with episode one and episode two is they're just so dry. Even three is, is, is I mean, it's it's a step up from the first two, but it just, I, I don't know. It was. I guess I was much more engaged in the story. I'm more engaged when the Cybermen show up in the second episode. <laughs> uh, that's that's wrong, the thing. The first episode's all the mystery of, okay, who are these people? Why are we at the starting base? Maybe, what is with this planet? Why do we have this planet? Part of, part of my episode gloss, or excusing episode one, might be getting us up knowing, no, Cybermen are coming. <laughs> all right, let's move on I'm to pre- square pre- Pretty sure your entire, it was, <laughs> Cybermen! <laughs> uh, uh, there are some great bonus features on this, by the way. Uh, N.K. Wills, Wills talks about her time, and there's a really interesting documentary or feature uh, discussing the golden age of Doctor Who and how it's kind of a myth, and how everyone who uh, just focusing on the idea of whenever you started watching Doctor Who, that's when you think the golden age is, and it's different for everyone. It's a really interesting bonus huh. feature. It's really cool. I'm gonna have to watch that. Um, that's all I have for the Tenth Planet. Okay. I had something else, but I can't remember what it was now. So yeah. well, let's we'll, move on. We'll, we'll move on. I know Glenn. I'm, I'm shooting Glenn shorter than normal. Glenn's week. chopping it a bit to get the spare parts. So let's move on to I'm spare just, parts. I'm shooting for a. He's just on drugs and I tired. I'm tired. All right, spare and, parts. And then, <laughs> <laughs> on the planet Mondas, the fifth Doctor and Nessa discover the origins of the Cybermen, but as with 
the Daleks in Genesis of the Daleks. He dares not interfere with history by preventing their creation. That's not the official. That's the short one. Yeah, that's great. So they referenced Genesis in the synopsis. In the synopsis for on Wikipedia. Huh. Not in the actual big finish synopses, mind you. Dun dun dun. Yeah, that's appropriate. I love this. Story. <laughs> yeah. I love this story. And part of me wonders if if the reason I love this story is this is this was the first story that I was introduced to Big Finish through. It's Ooh, a great good one. I went into uh, Dean's <laughs> books here in town, and I was looking for Doctor Who stuff because occasionally they have old classic Doctor Who magazines and things like that. And I was scurrying around, and I picked up a few magazines and a, and a novel, and I took it to the front. And the guy who ran the bookstore, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was Dean, it was the other guy, he said, oh, did you see we have this? And I'm like, what is this? And it was a CD. And I thought, that's kind of weird. And uh, so he, he showed it to me and said, this is another Doctor Who thing. I saw you picked up some Doctor Who. would be interested. And I looked at it, and I thought, well, even if that's like music, that would be kind of cool. So I went ahead and bought it. And then when I got home, I was reading the flip side of it, and I was like, oh, audio play that's kind of weird so i put it in and listened to it and i was blown away by it i was just i i couldn't believe how good it was and I, so yeah I, so part of that might be i may be tainting the pool a little bit because of the fact that <laughs> i imagine that, my first that, story that probably makes things like so phantasmagoria well, look so bad yeah, afterwards <laughs> that you're just like oh man yeah, yeah and, but, and then we and i've discovered other great big finish since then but yeah it, it it really is, especially for the Fifth Doctor, because this is a Fifth Doctor story, a little bit into his run already. So he didn't realize that he had some that were really kind of stinkers, and not not to Peter Davison or the Fifth Doctor's fault. Yeah, no, it's, it's, they're just written poorly. Or Nissa, yeah, just, just poor Turlock, just bad writing. I think part of why I also enjoyed Tenth Planet more was I listened to this first, and so I kind of had that history going into Tenth Planet of filling in the holes too. Well. Yeah. What I liked about this is the fact that you, I knew Tenth Planet. I had seen Tenth Planet. So a couple of times by then, by the time I got spare parts. And listening to it, I kept going, oh, oh. Because I knew where they were. Even the first time I listened to it, I knew where they were when they first landed. Because when they were describing, you know, the parallel Earth, but she kept, well, I know it's not London because London doesn't have a, you know, a cave, isn't it a cave? And, <laughs> and I, I was sitting there going, if this is, you know, and it, just little hints that they were dropping, I totally knew, and I know the doctor knew where he was right oh, off the yeah, start. Yeah, he as well. totally knew right where he was. <laughs> but uh, so I got excited about that because I thought, wow, this is a neat way to kind of harken back and do a, a, a Genesis story of the a Genesis of, of the, of the Cybermen. And it just it, it, it clips along really well. Um, I agree with Chrissy that you totally get invested with the Hartley family. Um, even the even Thomas, who or uh, Thomas, uh, uh what was the brother's name? Frank. Frank. Jim. Frank. Jim. 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 No, Jim. we were all far. <laughs> yeah, Jim. Frank even, sounded right. Even Jim, it? who, you, Frank. who you kind of just have this distaste for, for because of some of the manipulation that he's got, tra- got got going on there early on, and he wants to go to the front lines. Even him, you really grow to just appreciate him, and I think especially when Yvonne comes back and she's been converted, that's when it's just that's when it finally kicks. Wow, and it just you feel so bad for. I think I never heard them call the the dad anything but Mister Hartley or the the, our dad. So I don't know. It was yeah, according to uh, Tardis Wiki, he's just dad. Okay, so um, but you just really feel for them when when that, that happens and. Unfortunately, you know that's where she went. You know, I mean, even oh, yeah. she shows back up. And in fact, when she sh- when 
the Cybermoon shows up, I can't say I wasn't surprised when I when you it's revealed that it's Yvonne, but I almost maybe in the back of my mind expected it. Just the way that they were laying the story out, yeah. but it's still just the impact. Of <laughs> Although it was very, part, very part of me myself had to laugh, and because uh, I thought there's always got to be a Cyberman Bob in these stories. Of <laughs> yeah, she was very pretty much ever Bob. since the invasion. There's a Cyberman. <laughs> there, there's been a lot of Cyberman Bobs, just like you know, with a half processed. We're trying to keep him in the room. One wandered off, and I went, "Bob!" And, and, and I thought that to myself, and I was listening to Mel and Mel sort of laugh. She goes, <laughs> "Cyberman Bob." <laughs> Apparently, I had an impact, but um, yeah, the same same way when the Cybermen showed up at the house and everybody's freaking. I was like, "Oh, it's the Cybermen!" And I just, as soon as they walked in the door with it, I went, "Oh," because I just knew, I yeah. just knew. And then it started going, "Dad," and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> it was Frank. What, what was great? It was Frank. Frank yeah, because Jim Hartley played Frank Hartley. <laughs> oh, it's Frank. Well. It's Frank. That's why Frank sounded right. Yeah. What's uh, but just gut punch. Just yeah. Oh. oh yeah, totally. But it was also, I loved the little line of "They made you taller." Yeah. The fact that oh wait, they've not only upgraded them, they've uniformed them all, and yeah. that's why all yeah. the Cybermen always look the you same. Don't see fixes. Yeah, you all don't see tall. And it's short. such a tragic. They made you taller. It's yeah. not. It's not a good thing. It's not. Wow, you had a growth spurt. It's not something to be happy about. It's like, what did they do to my little girl? And that's the next line as he follows even, up with Yeah, that, even more know? insult to injury of all this stuff on you. You're now even taller, yeah, never which mind means the fact less that you're in, human. Man, never yeah. mind the fact that you're in a robot suit. They made you taller. Yeah. I just... Such a... Oh, everything about this work. Well, and I said it before, well I, written. this makes the design of the Cybermen 10th Planet much more acceptable to me because it, it really still feels like part of the evolution. Yeah, of, they're of, still going. They're the, d- developing, fine-tuning themselves, upgrading. Um, it actually kind of works for uh, uh, Nightmare and Silver as well, that it, they're just yeah. continuing to upgrade and improve upon themselves, even though they start to do things that are a little less Cyberman-like, but it's just because we've been so used to the Cybermen in such a way, yeah, yeah for, for so long. Um, I like the, 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 the concept of uh, Sister Men. Uh, I, love, I, love, I, I love the little ideas, too, of just adding Sister Men and Doctor Men. Yeah, I like that. That um, they just, it's con- Cybermen. It yeah. just continues. And it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, so, it works. Yes. It works for the Cybermen um, idea. Um, but I love the fact that we've got. Sisterman con- constant, which you kind of feel is, even though she's the one that's selecting uh, members to go uh, to be not, not even completely full conversions, but to be able to go into the work, you know, workforce and, and whatnot. And she has this like almost this. There's almost this sister, you know, uh, what am I looking for a fa- yeah nunish uh, feel to her, and and that there's this faith side or spirituality side of this, and then you've got the. Uh, Dr. Man, is that what they call it? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Man Allen, who's the scientific side of this, but they've got, both of them have come together, so you've got these two sides that are working towards the same cause, but in a different um, way. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the means is different. for the, the, the effect is the same, but the means is different. You know, how they're, how they're getting there and, and driving to that point. And it makes it all the better that she goes in resisting the Conversion because she's the one. She's the selector. She's the one that selects, and you know she she can't be converted. And then for her to be ultimately, 
obviously I'm skipping ahead, but ultimately be heard the, uh, the reason why Mondos gets put back on the path that it was on before is because of her. So it's yeah. this nice contrast of, of what has happened in the tragedy tragedy of this character. And it really works really well for, for uh, that. She, she was such a distasteful mm-hmm. character. <laughs> and, and not quite to, you know, she wasn't Nurse Ratchet. She wasn't, um, oh, uh, what's the woman in Harry Potter? Oh, uh. Dolores. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't Dolores quality, <laughs> but she was just she was just unpleasant. So when it got down to that point and she's worried about her job, well you can't oh, convert everybody. Who what will I do? Right. And I'm laughing because it's like I know what you're gonna I do. You, what you're you're gonna be the first you're gonna be the first to that line. And then she does get taken. And I laughed. I literally ha ha ha, serves you right, dummy. And you know, I, I, I was having a good old heyday with that. And then we got to the end and she was the one that and then I felt bad that she got taken. Because, you know, if you had left her alone, and I felt like it was my fault that <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't, shouldn't have laughed at your misfortune there. Because now you're going to do them all these other people. It kind of sucked. <laughs> but yeah, I just that, that same. Every everybody's got an arc, yeah. which is great. That even even the minor characters, as Christy said, this is how you do one-offs. Yeah. That you know the, the the Frank, and he's so oh you know I'm like Luke. I want to go join the the rebellion and leave yeah. the planet. <laughs> oh wow, that's what it involves. That kind of sucks. <laughs> that, that he becomes this good character. Right, right. That Yvette has this horrible, horrible. You know, she's just a nice person, mm-hmm. and you know everything. And then Hartley and, and everything that he goes through, and even this and the Doctor get wonderful mm-hmm. character growth moments. Yeah. And well, that, that especially idea is mentioned that the the grieving over Adric and yeah. that exploration. I love that that's addressed and explored a little <laughs> and bit the, in this. And the fact that, well, that's the whole reason why Nissa wants to stick around is right. because of what happened to Adric, right. and that's also why the Doctor wanted to run away. It's so perfect for yeah. the story. Now, I would agree. is this? Does it, does anybody have it pulled up? Where is this set immediately after? Or is this still meant to be in the line of whatever Big Finish is put out? Exactly after what? uh, Urshock. Sorry. No. Um, Because it would still be after because they hadn't... The Big Finish stories. Yeah, and Nissa... No, wait. Nissa returned before. No, she left. Because who else was in Urshock? Was Tegan still there? It was Tegan. uh, Tegan. Tegan was still there. We had to go all the way up to... Uh, whatever the R of the Daleks says when Tegan leaves. No, because Turlo's there too. No, that's Tegan's second leaving. She left no, I, once. Uh, it's the, um, yeah, that one where she leaves like half a story. Right? Uh, time flight is when she leaves the first time. He actually leaves her behind on accident. Right. And she returns for Arkham Infinity. So all which of these. Is the, which, while Arkham Infinity is the next story. Well, that's just it. All of these Doctor and Nisa stories are take in place that. between okay. t- uh, Time Flight and uh, Arkham Infinity. Okay. Because so, I, I, I almost got the impression it is, at one it point. It is soon after Adric. Right. Well, I almost got the impression at one point when he's, when she says we haven't had time to grieve. It, 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 something about well, the way that part was put together that it almost felt like we just lost Adric and now I'm going to go over here and see what's well, up. It's to, almost like he okay. planned it. You know what I mean? But this, I, I realized at, it wasn't. But Urshak was right before Time Flight. Right, right. In fact, we, so we commented, oh, so it's just we commented okay. that there's a mention about... The loss of Adric in the beginning of Time Flight. Yeah. Or yeah. somebody's in his room, I yeah. think, somebody, looking yeah. through stuff. Yeah. And that's the only. And I think really we've gotten some mentions in previous Big Finish, too, haven't we? 
So then all of the big finish foot into that one little window. All of the yeah. fifth Doctor and Nissa all stories fifth Doctor just Nissa. by themselves right, right. fit okay. in that time frame. Okay, so yeah, that makes more sense then. So we've still had all these other ones in advance of it. But, yes. Okay. It just—I it, don't know. It seemed like it was almost like he specifically planned to go straight from Earthshock to Mondos and see what he could do. Because she makes the comment about it, it didn't bring him back, and so that's what really stuck me on that track. Yeah, but it's I never, not it. I never but, got the impression that the Doctor intended to land on Mondos. Yeah, I never yeah. Got I, like I said, it just that one line really kind of stuck in there for some because reason. Because he, with really, me that he made genuinely that, seems surprised that they're there. Yeah. And then really, even though he does, and then really want, and then really wanted to leave. Really wants to leave. Yeah. So, (laughs) which note for your companions? um, You don't ever want to leave, ever. But Pompeii, he wanted to get out of there pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) And Mona, if the doctor, I'm sorry, I've seen enough Doctor Who to know that if I'm traveling with him on the TARDIS and he goes, "Whoa, creepy vibe," let's go. I'm in the ship. Let's. <laughs> I've got tea leave, ready to go. Let's he go. He wanted to leave Pompeii twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Fires of Vulcan and Fires of Pompeii. It's, it's just. It's never a good sign when the yeah. doctor says, "Let's get out of Dodge." Right. You yeah, get okay. out of Dodge. Follow. Um. Oh, another thing that I thought was really kind of cool and serendipitous was the fact that this it was like Christmas. takes place at like Christmas time. <laughs> and the. Explanation and they never of say the tree. Christmas. They never no, say Christmas. But that explanation was the phenomenal. Explanation of the tree was so it sure was. good. It sure was. I mean, that was like Stephen Moffat Christmas special caliber good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would agree. Um, the collective. I love that the voice was different. The committee voice was different. Yes. Ten thousand <laughs> bonus points for making them sound like Cylons. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Just, well okay. here's what was—I didn't think that either. But here's what's really cool. I thought they looked like is the fact that like, I really bought into the fact that there was some physical group of people that made all these decisions. And then, so the unveiling of this oh. machine that is the committee. I, yeah, I, I was blown some... away by that. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. No wonder we just completely convert everybody to Cybermen. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's Davros. It's, it's, it's the metallic <laughs> version of Davros. Is what it is. It's uh, it's just and and the logic that okay, well, the world engine's not ready. We've got a hole in the roof. What do we do? Let's convert everybody. Then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just the the, the uh, uh, pardon the expression, but the cold machine logic <laughs> that went into that. Oh, no, that's it. That's, that's just wonderful. Yeah. Just, that just so, wonderful. so good. I, lo- I love the fact that they sounded like, like Cylons. They just, the, the old by your command, you know, deep voiced. That was, you know, it was different, I but I just. I, don't know, I, I got, oh, this sounds like an actual. Of it course, certainly having not seen more machine planet, like, yeah. I thought, oh, this sounds like an actual Cyberman. Yeah, I guess I could buy it, that. It's, it's yeah. more like a cyber leader sound than a tenth planet Cyberman. Yeah, so then, were so. you were you surprised then that the Cybermen were talking? I kind of with I, that weird in, cadence. In tenth planet, a little bit, yeah, because I expected oh, the, that's whatever these weird policemen were. Because I didn't get the impression that the policemen weren't fully converted Cybermen. I kind of got right. The, no, they weren't, and yeah. and, and and they even made comment about the horse is is mostly you know it was partially yeah, partially with the, with the headpiece, yeah. yeah. And I, so. I, I thought that this, the well, Cybermen are going to show up and have the normal voice I'm used to, but was pleasantly surprised in Tenth Planet went, oh, that's just, it's this okay. weird supercomputer is that voice, and eventually that's why it eventually, or that's what, they lose even more of their humanity later yeah. and yeah. become more metallic more, more, more like what this, yes. what the committee was. Yes. Yeah. I, that, and it, that totally works and makes sense as to why the voice 
pattern sort of but changes. But going, going into well. Tenth Planet, yes, I did not expect yeah. their voices to be like that. Gotcha. And speaking of convergent, I mean, we we I love the way that this is set up. That we've got this one guy that's running this organ shop, basically, where you can come <laughs> buy organs, and they're so hard to come by because everybody's gone to using implants already. In fact, uh, well, Nissa thinks the dad is is dead because. She's listening, and there's no heartbeat, and it's because he probably doesn't have one anymore. He's got this machine that's running yeah. inside. He's basically got a, a pacemaker that, that is completely cyborg. And I did like the fact that when he hurt his arm, and Sisterman keeps asking him about, you, you, you look hurt, and he's, no, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. He was probably much more injured than he was letting on. He just didn't want any more cybernetic yeah. implants. Yeah, I, I neither want nor can afford another yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and so. that's what really what the story does even... Above, above anything else, that's what the story does the best, is portray Mondas and the cyber race so well, and you really understand how they eventually came this way. Yeah, because... Uh, it, it, it shows that step between, it's like, oh, well, we wouldn't go upgrade exactly. parts. It's that oh, nice, wait. It's yeah, that nice it's little... Yeah, okay, it makes stuff. sense yeah. to... You know what, if I can, you know, I've got a bad ticker, and I can replace it with something that's going to... You were talking about your cyber implant for your, your brain earlier. If I can find something that medically will enhance me or make me better than before, because, you know, a heart transplant, those are difficult. Those don't always go through... But if you're able to put a machine in there that you can easily repair, there's oh, people boy. are going to be really accepting of that. In fact, I think society is already going that. We have you know bionic implants oh, yeah, now as we speak. Already looking for bionic implants. So yeah. it makes sense that a, a civilization would be okay with the beginning of that process, not seeing the end of that, what that's, that means. That's the thing that's always kind of made me wonder about the Cyberman backstory is the idea that, well, we started replacing things and then just didn't stop. And I always thought, well, that's just weird. You know, why, why would you do that? But, but seeing here it, for the first time the that, that, that slippery slope, yes. that it's just this, it's just this, it's just this. It makes it sound and more now gradual. We've given you, yeah, and now we've given you a reason for this and this and this to happen. Right. It's like, right. okay, now I see where you're going with that. Because, yeah, I would well, totally, a- you know... I mean, like, well, there was the one uh, with the, the optic implants now that they can do for for, for uh, blind field yeah. uh, uh, people, well, and even audio implants for hearing. And so that you know, well, how long does it? How long do you go before all of a sudden you know, <laughs> Tommy, that deaf dumb blind kid? Okay, so now we've given him the optic implants, the audio implants, and the this. And how long do you before you no longer can call yourself human yeah. because yeah. of the, of these implants exactly and the true. cybernetic? So. It just it just really took the nugget of the story of Tenth Planet that presented itself with, hey, let's introduce this new alien race, and just blew it open. And that's one of the reasons why I think I'm a little more forgiving of Tenth Planet, despite all the things that we kind of thought. Oh, I think so too. Wrong yeah. with it. Yeah. I think when you pair it with Planet. spare parts, it really helps. And elevate. adventure space time, <laughs> you just get this. You know, it really is this. It elevates it pivotal. I think spare parts does a, a, a tremendous effort to. Help, Tenth Planet, and I think that the the writer of this story, oh, I don't know, who should I credit for this? Credit oh, uh, Mark too. Platt. This is Mark Platt. So wonderful, just, wonderful, yeah, wonderful, yeah, wonderful absolutely. stuff. It's just yeah, this so is good. Among my favorite big finish that we've listened yeah. to, it's and, so good. And we haven't even talked about the idea. I don't know. Why I'm picking that up. The idea that kind of like Genesis of the Daleks. But more so, the Doctor 
is why Cybermen eventually become the way they are because of directly his, responsible he, for it. It's his fault. Yeah, it's yeah. his template. It's, because they, they scanned him and, and realized that, that that was the in fact I, I give I give that situation credit for the reason why they advanced so quickly. I agreed. Agreed. And going up along the story, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, maybe not fun is the right word. But I, I, I really liked it. Plus it's Cyberman. And then it got to that point and it just blew my mind. Were you fooled? Did you think that the Cyberman comes out? And you, did you think that for a moment there was a doctor and we're going to have like this Lucidus? No. <laughs> I thought for a minute he was in disguise. D- D- oh, okay. Oh, like I, I totally that. thought that he went and clubbed somebody over the head and then put on the helmet and walked out and was all giving the, yeah, I'm going to give you the funny boys. Ha, 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 ha. But it was the other person laughing. Yeah. And then that was when I was concerned. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now wait a minute. Because I know. And then he showed up. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> I got so excited about this. I, I went and did the trifecta. I went back and watched Attack of the Cybermen because I love the idea that's put forth here that both spare parts and Attack of the Cybermen are prequel stories to the Tenth Planet in such a way that in Attack of the Cybermen, the Cybermen have gone back and they're using Telos as a, as a base in order to prevent the destruction of uh, Mondas. And I absolutely love that idea. And I, it just feels like a... To me, it feels like that's just a trilogy of stories there that really work together. Yeah. Uh, for all for some of the faults that Attack of the Cybermen has, and there's not many, because I've always enjoyed that story and thought they did a really good job, and it's, it's an enjoyable Six Doctor story, but um, for what faults it does have, it's still just... It's this nice little round... <laughs> trilogy piece that I, I, I just kind of always put together in my head. That this is just different elements of the same thing. So, You know one thing that this and Tenth Planet kind of gives me issue with? The oddly Tomb of the Cybermen. If they're converted so they can survive on the surface and it's so cold, how are you freezing them? How or why? How? If they can survive any temperature... How are you able to freeze them? You're just turning them off. Well, I would buy that if, it, if they didn't talk about, oh, this is the frozen tombs of the Cybermen and we have to thaw them out to get them out. And the fact that they put well, them I back see. in because... Why, why do you need to freeze them? Is that what you're... How, how can you? If they can withstand any temperature, oh, how are they able if to freeze them? If they're working on the outside of that dome and... Yeah. Well, did they say they can withstand any temperature? I mean, well, I get the impression for, yeah. for I give the impression that well, maybe they, 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 they can they can survive out there longer than a human, but could is there maybe that point? Oh wait, you're right. Because isn't there a line about the reason that you need to fix the the dome or turn on the engines or something instead of starting the cyber conversion is because you have the entire planet population converted, but they'll be buried under the glacier. It wasn't there a line in there about yeah. that. Okay. I, I just thought that was more of a they'll be buried instead of frozen. Well, I think it, it's a glacier. I think they're going to be buried. Maybe I'm just really trying to fix this in my own head, but I never got the impression that they they could work in any climate, any any temperature or anything. I got the impression that they were better suited to work outside the dome than the humans, and so that was the point of the so conversion. Even more, but you could you could probably get them to get a point them. where they would. You know the the mechanics of them, both biological and 
mechanical, mechanical would With... you know, shut down at a certain point so that they could be preserved. And okay. I, that's the impression that I get. And that's why it still works for me. I'll buy that. I just I thought of it uh, because after watching all the bonus features on Tim Plane, I popped in the special edition of Tomb of the Cybermen, and there's a uh, extended edition look back at the history of the Cybermen. And I thought I, after listening to those, I watched that, and he talked about them being frozen underneath there. I was like, well, wait a minute, because but your even, explanation will work for me. They even make their initial <laughs> attack on Earth and <laughs> at, at one of the polar ice caps. Hand wave at the where Cybermen. Where that base is because it's cold, and so they, they're going to work better in that environment. The impression yeah. that I got. Well, that's why I say I think that the polar ice cap there is probably what they would Mondo's have experienced on, on, the, the on the surface of Mondos anywhere because of the fact that they're so far away from there on the sun. So, and so just the, the individual cells of the tomb are just that much colder. That much colder. Okay. That's the impression I got. Yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. Or that I, that's the way I'm going to fix it in my head. So that's that's my head cannon. That's fine by me. It's been a while since I've watched Tomb. So well, I, I haven't seen Tomb since we watched it. So well, I've watched it like twice since then. So. <laughs> well, there you go. You really like Tomb. And then I went and bought special edition. Uh, I like that the Cybermats are in this too. Yeah, yeah, and lots of them. Hordes of, of Cybermats. And the fact that one gets into the TARDIS. Yes, yeah, and burns itself out on the uh, console. <laughs> and then they're all swarming all over it. Yeah, and that's which is great because Nissig employs employs the 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 idea of well, this one got fried out by the power circuit, so can we reverse that and send that outside? Yeah, and. Uh, what a great I mean, idea. How to Reversing just, the polarity. He gave, he gave Nisa such... See, Nisa has such great moments in this. I, I thoroughly enjoy her in this as well. Did anybody get a creepy vibe off the Hartley family at the beginning? Like, she shows up and, oh, it's Christmas time and you can help us put up the decorations and have some of our rations and then we're going to kill you in the basement later. Like, I was expecting a, 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 a Texas Chainsaw Massacre moment. Like, they were going to harvest or, her for or organs we're or gonna something. We're going to turn you into the Cybermen. Well, we not necessarily on, on that front because they seem to be pretty anti-Cybermen, but I thought maybe they were going to be, you know, we're going to sell her to the, the organ harvester, especially when Frank makes that crack at Dad about you sold Mom. Which I didn't oh. get until later. Yeah. That after that she died. Right, right. That she, just, after she, she, died. She, she died a natural birth. And then he went right. and did sell her for spare parts right. to get money. Um, I didn't quite get that initially. I was kind of okay. thinking that maybe he did sell her before <laughs> she passed, <sighs> which would have been creepy. But yeah, the, the whole time, and, and Nissa even kind of kept going, I'm allowed to leave, right? Sure, it's not safe right now. And I'm going, ooh, something's wrong. See, I, never, I never got that vibe it, at all. It, it, just something about it really creeped me out initially. No, I, just, I felt they were very warm and welcoming the whole time for me as far as listening goes. Really? So I, yeah, I didn't have it. You watch too many horror movies. I, I don't watch any horror movies. <laughs> no, you really don't. That's, that's probably, that's probably the problem. This is a, this, I've seen this one. No, I haven't. <laughs> these, these guys were way too subtle. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got a real pretty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had a question for you when you talked about this being the, f the, the first one that you listened to, and I flew out of my head in the course of all this the presentation or something like when you when you popped it in and the audio came up and the theme and it just kind of went. Were you, were you at all prepared for that? The, no, that no. was the format. No, of, I had of no the, idea. That you were listening to an in actual fact, story. In fact, I think even you know, when I when I popped it in, I don't think I got audio play. I got audio story out of it. I, didn't, I said audio play earlier, but so I think I expected somebody to be reading like, like a book on tape, like a book on tape. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, when it when it jumps right in, and uh, uh, that was what 
totally hooked me on Big Finish was the fact that this is just like an episode of Doctor Who. It's 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 all audio, but it's just it's formatted in such a way that this totally could be a t- television episode. And yeah, I, well, did that just washed over me? I was I was blown away by that idea, by that concept. That I mean, we don't have audio plays over here. That's more of a common thing over in the in the in Britain. We yeah. have books on tape, but we don't have uh, or audio books. We don't have audio plays. Is, is, that, is that something that cause and I find I had, when I talk to other people about Big heard, Finish that don't know about Big Finish, it's almost hard to describe. I is. think I know what I'm talking about, well, but then they yeah, look at me like... I think it helps that you also are kind of more familiar with the idea just from More of the Worlds. And not as many people have been exposed to More of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, maybe. I mean, my only other experience with audio plays is War of the Worlds and the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars radio uh, version, which is an audio play as well. Yeah. So... I, I think I'd heard something else on NPR years and years and years ago that was audio play. I mean, I just, I, I, just, were, I was very limited on my experience with it. No, I, 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 I've heard the audio version, the radio versions of Hitchhikers since I've listened uh, to Big Finish. I knew they existed, but I wouldn't okay. know what for. I just uh, maybe it's because I, guess I knew of them, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's because through War of the Worlds that I've been exposed to more radio broadcasting, like The Shadow and you know stuff that yeah. was you know it was it's a radio show. It's just well, composed for radio. I think that's the difference is America switched to music where more British and yeah. Britain continued the trend where we just kind of stopped. I just find when I'm pitching Big Finish to somebody who doesn't know what it's about that I really struggled and I'm, I'm trying to explain, well, it's, you know, it's got a story and sound effects and, you know, it's it's like watching Doctor Who, but you're not watching it, you're listening to it. And they kind of look at me like... <laughs> <laughs> and inevitably they go and they listen to it and they come back and go... Wow, that was really cool. So you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just I, I, I was curious to know if because how old were you when if you were you were here? So you had to have been older. You weren't like a kid. Oh, this has only been been ten five, ten years ago. Okay, yeah. I, well, we were living at the other house. We've been in this oh, one five. It can only we be there ten for years five, ago. So. Barely. Yeah. yeah. It came out. When did, when, did, when did this one come out? July t- two thousand two. Yeah. So. It, so was it was probably not long after release. that. Oh, who wrote the question? What was the question about if this well impacted the if other? If this says anything, when I listened to this one, how what is, what number is this one? Thirty something. Okay, 30. there were only forty four big finish audios available when I uh, heard this one because as soon as I heard this one, I went searching for more, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to order. CDs, it, I was really ecstatic that they were available as MP3 downloads as well, and I could get those. So, uh, I'm trying to jump forward to. So there were there ten were forty years, in ten, ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> there were MP3 downloads. Yeah, they're absolutely. Yeah, they they were available in MP3. That format. seems like such a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, my brains. Um, now, what was the question that uh, Chrissy I think had about what if this was influenced by the other? Spare, spare parts had something to do. There's something that had influenced it in the way that it came out. And I was trying to think of when this was released, but if it was 2002, I think that puts it off the. I don't remember what Here's she asked. Another now. thing that I wanted to address, and maybe this is along the same lines, is when Dalek came out, the Christopher Eccleston story in season mm-hmm. one, or yeah, series one. When it came out, everybody the the internet exploded with, "Well, this is essentially an adaptation of Jubilee." which is a Dalek story in the Big Finish audio range that came before Dalek. And I gave them the benefit of the doubt on that because I thought... I had 
I'd never heard Jubilee, and I thought, okay, maybe maybe it is, and they've just kind of reimagined it. And then when uh, Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel and the Rise of the Cybermen came out, the internet exploded again, and they kept saying, oh, they've done it again. They adapted spare parts into this. No. And I thought, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Those are two totally different things. I mean, they're, they're, they're only thing that's realized the same is the fact that it's a Cyberman origin story. Yeah, but and, it's the, not. and the, that society was on its way to being completely, you know, which is cyber converted. Just telling the story of the Cybermen and again. And and so now I, it makes me want to go back and listen to Jubilee. And and I, I just was I was so upset with I was like, how could you even compare the two? In any more of the fact that they were just yeah, like you said, two Cybermen origin stories. That it, it just they kept making it sound like they they just they, oh they completely borrowed this idea they completely borrowed this idea I don't I, get that at so all so now I'm thinking when I finally listen to Jubilee I probably will go he yeah, gets way way off base on that one as well well you know fandom and their gut reaction yeah yeah that's true are you referring to the Yvonne link oh Yvonne, oh, Yvonne Hartley yeah so yeah that wouldn't have it wouldn't have been it unless it's the reverse that they, they this came Yvonne, out first right that this came out first they and then the other wrote, yeah well so, I think that is the connection maybe the other way but they the, wrote the person Yvonne that wrote Hartley yeah. mm-hmm. well because that was RTD that wrote uh, the two burner so that makes sense so it, uh, big finish number forty but it came out in January two thousand three now see. I say ten years ago, somewhere between ten and six years ago, probably. So, because forty of them would have been who out knows? by then. Yeah, who that's knows how, twelve how a year because they were once a month. So, yeah, they started in what two thousand one, releasing the Big Finish line. I'm not. So sure it wouldn't have been about two thousand four or five by the time that I finally got this one. So it was probably right before the new series came out. Well, and who knows how many, uh, how long it took them to get the big uh, MP3s available. Well, that's true. They, could, they, they were probably going through and doing the back catalog so, of MP3s and yeah. then catching up. So it was probably more like six, seven years ago. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> Actually, the you first were living at, uh, the first big finish came out in 1999. The townhouse over there on with Carrie at the time. I remember that because I was that's when I was getting back into Doctor Who because I kept borrowing your VHSs. Mm. So it was around that time. My actual house. Yeah. Is that the well? Yeah, that would have been about 2003, because that's where I met him there. So Around 2003, 2004 is when I picked up on Yeah, that seems about right. And you didn't share. <laughs> I'm sure I told you about it and, and said you need to listen to it sometime. You, you've been busy all your life, so I'm sure you were just, oh, I'll get to it around to it sometime. Uh, it was before stroke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that story is BS. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part of me now that kind of wishes we had gone ahead and th- rewatched uh, Attack of the Zyberman and, and thrown it in just for giggles. But yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I did, and I thought well, I, I wanted to kind of get to it since nice. I own it, but I didn't. Um, but that the bonus feature on Tomb of the Cybermen also talked about Attack is the first time we actually see a conversion on camera. Really, it goes yeah. all the way up to Attack before it yeah. happens, or a, or a partial yeah. conversion or anything. Right. Yeah. But or the or the conversion process, I guess. Because uh, what's his name, Dighton? Litton. Litton is is converted. Convert, yeah. Well, partially converted. Yeah. Which I thought I didn't realize that. I thought that was really interesting. So there's your Cyberman trivia. He should get some sort of award for being the the, the first part doll, like first part. Cyberman. <laughs> he ran around that helmet thing with the eye stock on it, and I thought for sure they had messed with his brain, but apparently not. 
All right, I, I'm well, just glad that we did these two together. Right? Yeah, like I said, this I, was the perfect pairing. I, I think that they they complement each other so they well. Really obviously, do. retroactively on spare parts part, yeah. but I, I think it does elevate Tenth Planet. And if nothing well, else, Tenth Planet think, is important. I don't think spare parts would have paired as well with any of the other Cybermen stories. Yeah, you say no, retroactively, I, but it's almost it's purposely it's done. done. Well, but yeah. I mean, just from the standpoint, right. the Tenth Planet by itself doesn't do anything. Right. But then you put spare parts on top of it, and it, it, it you know. Elevates retroactively planet, yeah. elevates it. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. I think Tenth Planet is historically important for Who. That even if you don't enjoy the story or the character or the the things that just the fact that it is the first appearance of the Cybermen, it is the first regeneration. It is. I mean, there's a lot of Whovian history mm-hmm. that you have to respect First Planet for having, right. or uh, Tenth Planet for having. Yep. So there's that. You got schedule ready there, Sean? I do. Terrific. What's coming up? Well, next week for Friday Night Who on ooh, Friday the 13th ooh, ooh. Uh, is nothing scary at all. It's the long game with Christopher Eccleson. <laughs> a little scary. And you figured out why we're... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you a, said that. The best tweet or the best text message ever. And this message from Glenn. Why are we doing the long game for Friday Night Who? And I was in the process of responding. And then immediately, oh, never mind. I know why. <laughs> what was it? You had said there was a reason last week when you talked about it on the schedule. And then we got through most of this week, and I had just finished reading the dang comic book. <laughs> and I went, what? And then I was like, what, what? are we doing? Lo- well, I, went, I think I went to my schedule to see, make sure I had everything caught up with what I was supposed to do for the week. And I went and looked at your schedule, and I went, why are we doing the long game for this week? And I remembered you saying, well, for the obvious, and I had just read the 12th... Uh, Issue and it had autons in it, and I went. I went. He's not thinking the Jaggerfest was a nesting consciousness, was he? <laughs> what on earth would he be linking these? And so then that's why I test text asked, and then it dawned on me. Oh yeah, Adams in that too. <laughs> so, anyway, that's why. So we're, we're going to watch. Uh, we're going to watch Adam get kicked off the boat, and then uh, we're going to turn around in our episode and review uh, Prisoners of Time eleven and twelve, and uh, see what happens to poor Adam. Uh, afterwards and there's that uh, and we will also cover Doctor Who Revisited 11 and I know Glenn's review is going to be short and sweet maybe not so sweet uh, on that So uh, you here's can... my review it was there <laughs> it was there <laughs> um, I also decided that this is, this is probably a pattern that I'm going to follow I think in, in <laughs> the years to come I, I like the idea that um, we do some new Who stories as we lead up to Christmas because I know all of you are busy buying gifts for everybody else uh. in your lives. And so if you're watching something you already own, it's a heck of a lot easier to it's not true. have to worry yeah, about it. So look forward and to that say, in December and save from money now on. For your Christmas gifts. Yeah, but if you have Hulu Plus. Well, maybe you're saving up to get Hulu well, Plus. If we, anybody tries to find out who with Hulu Plus, you're going to get behind because sometimes there's up to two or three ads in the, in the, middle. Yeah. In the middle of I mean, two to three ads in one break. So. Um, so the following week will be our Christmas, uh, which is the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe with Matt Smith. Uh, our show the following week will be the Big Finish Destiny of the Doctor, the Time Machine. And our 50th anniversary discussion of the 11th Doctor era to kind of wrap things up with Matt Smith, which seems a little weird that we'll be doing a 50th anniversary wrap-up before we see the end of the 50th and the end of the 11th. I don't know, almost thinks it's appropriate because we'll have done our wrap-up of everything up to that point, and then we'll review that final one. But what if the time of the Doctor is the quintessential episode? Nobody gets a vote it for it. It won't be. Oh, you don't think it will? <laughs> I can tell the, you now, it the, won't be. The most quintessential episode, he left. That's the one. That, <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, it is the most quintessential episode because uh, Peter Capaldi plays the Doctor. I'm excited. It'll be the most quintessential Peter Capaldi story. What? <laughs> It'll be the most quintessential Peter Capaldi yes, story. Yes, it will. Up yes, to that will. point. Up to that point. Uh, and, uh, Glenn, well, there's only been two. There will only have been two at that point. So. Glenn will get the <laughs> poll. What? There are two. Yeah, will be as much as he's going to be in the Christmas episode, yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll be in the Christmas episode <laughs> oh, that's more true. than I, he I was in Day of the Doctor. I, I kind of have to give it to the other one now because he he was he played a pretty quintessential role in Saving Gallup. <laughs> no, that's showing true. Showing up there at the yeah, last minute. There you, go. And, you know, they wouldn't have done it without him. We just so. thought we couldn't use Day anyway because everybody shows up and then that was disqualified. So It's true. Um, you'll get the poll up sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we're down to two weeks. Since it takes me an hour and a half to put it up. But. <laughs> Cut and paste. It's <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> can we figure out you're an administrator now? You can do that. Uh, camera? <laughs> now you got too much on your plate already. Yeah. Well, wait, hopefully, hopefully wait. this week will get better. But this When Keith done. comes back on Thursday, I'll have more time downtime <laughs> <at> work. <laughs> and then uh, we wrap things up on the 27th with the fires of Pompeii. Uh, to David Tennant because it's got Capaldi in it (laughs) as our warm up Uh, warm up (laughs) that episode's red hot uh, for Time of the Doctor that'll work out really good especially since Eleven will have to go back and steal his body so that'll that'll kind of pair up really nice yeah (laughs) they better explain it I don't subscribe to the handy doctor theory they have it in the past. They have used actors, previous actors, and we've already. Yeah, done the I don't before, understand so. why everybody's going on and on about that. Oh, there's a reason that he looks like Peter Capaldi. Yeah, there's a reason he looks like Peter Capaldi. Because Peter Capaldi was in the show before. There's <laughs> no mystery here, guys. He's not going to steal That's his body. He's trolling fandom. He's not going to steal his body. All of the master. Come on. He has to. It's his. Li- he's on his last. That's why he's got to go find Gallifrey. I told you last words week. In three weeks. I told you last week. That's my theory. What? I'm going to eat these words in three weeks. Matt Smith's Doctor is actually the 13th Doctor, and there's no more regenerations. Ever. Ever. Show's done. Show's done. Pack it in. No, it's not done. They have to (laughs) use the master device, and he'll have to steal a (laughs) bottom. Here's my problem with that. so not going to happen. Here's my problem with that. For all you people that think you have this figured out, and it makes sense, and blah, blah, blah. Now, here's my problem with that. The man who was this tortured about blowing up all of Gallifrey and the Daleks in the Time War is not going to stoop to the level of stealing a body. It's not going to happen. Well, having not seen those stories, I don't know. Could the body be freshly dead? He blowed himself up to save a woman he didn't know in Night of the Doctor. Come on. Yeah, but now he has a chance to save his planet. Eh. Okay. Yeah, plan is safe. It's safe. Yeah. Besides, technically, at this point, you could pull a, bull, a you could pull a Bill and Ted with the logic because he's met his older regeneration who knew all this, so he knows it turns out okay. Why do I have to be the one to do it? Let the next guy deal with it. I'm just going <laughs> to die and regenerate and let somebody else worry about it. That's what true. if you don't die and regenerate? Well, obviously, it happened. <laughs> I don't have to be the one to do it. So there's that. All right. <laughs> Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until Remember next week, a trash can. I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. Remember I'm Keith. Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for being patient and waiting on me to finish up the school. Because it sucked. It was long. It was a test. I failed. Hardcore. I don't even think it was a little failure. I think it was pretty much a, why did you even bother showing up kind of failure. It was a, wow, that's one hour out of my life that I really am not going to get back. 
toppled with the entire semester of what I'm not going to get back. It was that kind of epic fail. You know, you see things on the internet about epic fail and somebody pointing a finger. Worse than the French? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Even did that to French. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.